Hi there, welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I'm Benjamin Light. This is Marco Sparks. And today we're talking about S5 E12, taking this one to the grave. This is a I'm Running King written episode directed by Ron Lagamarsino. It's the 5A finale, the fatal finale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gonna show you that we know you. Mm-hmm. Lock it in the pocket. We open right up on... Uh, police line being drawn across a house lots of cops well we we go from over black like the son of a heartbeat oh yeah that's right to sorry the, to the title, title card. card of thanksgiving day yeah and we hear heartbeats police are dragging yellow tape across the front door there's kind of somber music playing we move around a cop car to see like on the other side of the street and it's aria and ezra and uh hannah and emily all kind of like comforting each other mm-hmm. hannah is like totally crying yeah um, doesn't it kind of look like her fist is bruised too? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, Emily's comforting Hannah and then officer Barry makes an appearance, shows up. He's all business. He says, I'll take your statements now one at a time. Hannah, let's over to the porch. You, you can walk me through this. And it's just like, no, no, I, I can't go back up there. I don't want to see that again. Well, he, he looks at her like, like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You know, like I want—I kind of want to put forth a theory that Officer Barry got some kind of promotion right before this episode, mm. and he's like, you're, "You're making me look bad. You're making me look real bad." I could see that because he um has a new office. His uniform looks a little different. Yeah. He has like kind of more of a jacket on and over like a shirt and tie. Well, I guess it's also late November in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. finally. So I don't—I don't know what that weather's like. I imagine it's cold. Well, Officer Barry is Rosewood Police. We're going to see somebody else later in the episode who's Harrisburg Police. So different. Harris, Harrisburg Police Academy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the forensics guy comes over. You know he's a forensics guy because his blazer says forensics on the back. He pats Barry on the shoulder and they head back to the house. Barry just turns away like, God, I'm not even dealing with you teenagers. Yeah. Uh, Hannah just like falls into Emily's arms crying and Arya turns to Ezra and Arya's just like, you saw all that blood in there. There's no way that anyone could live through that. And Ezra's just like, yeah, I know. I'm totally aroused too. Well, he, it's like he opens his mouth to say something and then just stops. He's like, ah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mixed company. By the way, where's Spencer? Fatal finale. Fatal finale, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they all get a text, simul text. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ari and Emily check their phones. Emily is the one who reads it, like in horror. She says, "It's all your fault." A. And, and Hannah cries even harder, and the others are just like gutted by this. So then, title card: thirty-six hours earlier, we it's hear those the, episodes. The sound of Velcro, and we find that we're we're back in that like Rosewood PD interrogation room that also has the. Uh, it's also the lineup room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We should mention we. It's Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> I don't want to let that slide by without just making a note. Uh, the Halloween episode is two seasons ago. It's yeah. Thanksgiving Day now. Yeah. Um, it's been a month <laughs> since Allison showed her face at, and, mm-hmm. uh, at the Ravenswood. <laughs> Spencer was in Rally for like a week somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah. I know we shouldn't harp on the magical timeline, but it is amazing. <laughs> They're just. I, I like that the show is just like, yeah, we're doing it. Who cares? Like whatever tangent universe that like Donnie mm-hmm. Darko fell into, <laughs> these four characters have been living there. 
Um, but yeah, so we see that Allison is about to get a motherfucking polygraph test. Well, and she like she has her game face on. Like mm-hmm. she's just like staring ahead as this dude like straps her up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this guy is like like the proctor giving the test. He says, I'm going to ask you a series of questions that we know are true. Then I will ask you questions that you know, we don't know. Your body's response will indicate whether you're being honest with us or not. It's like a video camera setup. Um, and the camera. So I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was. I've. I've always heard that the only ways that you can beat a polygraph test are to Thumbnail convince yourself. Your, uh, shoe. Huh? Thumbnail on the bottom. Of your yeah, shoe. yeah. You put shoe. something like you cause yourself pain during certain responses. Basically, you want to throw off your body's reactions. Oh, you want all your responses to be stressed, basically. Yeah, you, you want to really throw off like the uh, the test questions, the questions that they know are true, basically. Mm-hmm. I've also heard that polygraphs are basically bullshit, and not admissible as evidence. But well, they're not admissible at all. Yeah. Um. So we pan over on the other side of the one way glass. There's Holbrook with two other cops, and they're watching this. Holbrook is steely. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait for for Holbrook to have to seen this episode. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. He's he's just watching steely. Uh. He's got a new haircut too. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the other cops. And he's like, uh, maybe we should wait for Tanner. And Holbrook just like he looks at the guy and then just ignores the question. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I mean, he this was even more cold blood than if he actually told the guy to go fuck himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we hear the tester say that when you tell the truth, you use your memory. When you lie, you're using your imagination. The sensors will detect that change. What are you getting a phone call right now? Yeah, sorry, I was getting a FaceTime call. Mm. I've canceled it. Or maybe I'll just take it while we do this. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Ellie is just like bring it on basically like her attitude you know yeah like oh when I lie I'm using my imagination hmm challenge accepted I will take you on a journey yeah um yeah he's like setting up his laptop sitting next to her she seems so unfazed and he's just like you know sensors detect that change do you understand how it works she's got like her her game face bitch face on she nods her heads and he's like answer verbally and she's like I understand Holbrook's watching. He's just like looking hard, like impassive. Well, they do that great shot of like it's it's from the room that he's in, so you see her through the glass, but you see his reflection like falling mm-hmm. over her. Kind of reminding me of you know that shot in season two with that uh, shot. Yeah, with yeah, uh, Wilden and Spencer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Amazing shot where she, Spencer looks like she's like transforming into uh, like evil incarnate, or like she's about to dive through that glass mm-hmm. and bite out his throat. Lutessa says, "So we'll begin." Are you sitting down? And she says, yes. And he's like, what color is your shirt? And she says, white, pink flowers. And we see the lines on the readout as they move. And he's like, state your legal name. And she says, Allison Lauren De Laurentiis. You know, it's funny. I, I remember when this episode aired, there were people complaining about these questions um, and how they're unrealistic, which I mean, this whole thing's unrealistic. But these questions are they're supposed to for, they're like a gauge, you know, they're, yeah, exactly. they're to see, you know, this is what you look like when you're telling the truth. Um, yeah, her name, Allison Lauren De Laurentiis. If she's lying about that too, she's a pretty good liar. <laughs> we never know. She could, she could be somebody else. She didn't know where the counseling office was. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and Holbrook's definitely watching her intrigued, I guess. I don't know. I mean, he seems very interested in the outcome of this test, but also maybe worried. I don't know. Well, Holbrook in this episode, it's weird. It's like, he's kind of like, he's rushing this along with Tanner gone. Tanner's basically outranks him. Yeah. You know, kind of his boss. Um, but he's he's doing this on his own. Well, like, so the is she question, out of town or something? Yeah, really. Where is she? You have to wonder, like, is he just, like, trying to rush, like, his theory over her theory, I wonder? Hmm. Um, Could be. 
So after the credits, we're in Mona's bedroom. Uh, she's leading, listening to some Edith Piaf on a on a record player. I think we're kind of Nina Simone. Uh, I think I read that, and I read that it's inaccurate. Mm, okay. I don't know. I'd like to know. The wiki is inaccurate. What? Shocking. Get out. Um. So we kind of pan over Mona's room, her her Mona cave. It's well, should we mention the the French music she's listening to here is a uh, like a, a record player. Yeah. Old, old school vinyl. Yeah. Yeah, and there's all these dolls on shelves, and we kind of move over. There's like more dolls, some like kind of French shit, like a Eiffel Tower looking thing. Uh, she has like a super old timey telephone. Her her room is very on point. It's kind of like like Bizarro Alley in a way. It's because it's all green. Where alleys would be pink. Hers is like seafoam green. It's very precious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like an Eiffel Tower, weird figure. She has the very similar bed cover where it's like all this like French stuff. Right. Well, when you think that there's like, you know, you've seen as many dolls as you could be, there's like more dolls in there. Mm-hmm. She's laying on the bed, very, very calm, casual, reading La Grande Milnes, which translates to Milnes the Great. La Grande Milne. Uh, Alain Fournier. Um, it's a book about young love. It's about searching for lost love. Mm-hmm. So knock on the door and Mona's mom comes in. It's Mona's mom. Holy shit. It's Mona's mom, played by uh, Sydney Penny. Uh, and Mona's mom. Just looks, I don't know, just very much like a typical suburban mom. You know, she's got like a cardigan on. And she says, uh, and Mona's like, come in. And, and Mona's mom says, you've got company. And she looks like so happy, you know? Yeah. Uh, and Mona's like, well, who is it? And we get this wide shot of Mona on her bed that like, we see all, her whole room. And there's something that like, this whole episode just feels like full of dread. Mm-hmm. Like everyone we see, we're just wondering like, are, are, you know, are you the one? Is it going to be you? The fatal well, finale. If you're at all aware of like the tropes of horror movies, you always are like terrified of the wide shot. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. means that your favorite character is about to die. <laughs> yeah, and so Mona asks who it is, and Mona, her mom, her mom's named Leona, by the way. Uh, really? Says, okay. Yeah, come see for yourself, she says. And you kind of get the feeling that like Mona never has company, yeah. and her mom is like super happy, like oh, Mona has friends. I kept waiting for like as soon as Mona's mom turns around for like Mona to, like grab like a pistol from under her. Uh, her pillow and like like walk of it behind her back the whole time or something. Yeah, just like reach under her bed and like pull out like a Luger copy. Yeah. Uh, so downstairs, Mona and her mom come downstairs and they're in the living room. It's the Pretty Little Liars themselves. And they're all just standing around looking kind of tense and awkward. Uh, and Mona's like she kind of Mona like forces her own smile. Uh, but she's guarded too. Yeah. And Mona's like, oh, why the grim faces? Did somebody die? <laughs> and they're all kind of like shooting each other looks and i think mona's mom like walks off here basically yeah but i mean the show is not not only great at like setting its atmosphere but like it's really teasing it throughout it's almost like throughout every minute of the show the show is aware that you're just waiting for clues to who's mm-hmm. gonna die yeah <laughs> like you're just drowning in atmosphere but hannah's just like mona we need your help and mona's eyes kind of narrow for a moment and she makes sure that her mom isn't in hearing range and she says what did she do to you well, I like the way she kind of drops her facade there. Yeah. As soon as her mom is gone. Yeah. Yeah. And Hannah's like, nothing yet. And Ari's like, it's what we think she's about to do. And Emily says, they just found out that Allie's at the police station talking to the cops. And Mona's like, and you don't know what she's telling them? And Spencer says, a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to get its pants on. And Hannah says, did Allie say that? And then Mona and Spencer in unison both say, no, Churchill did. And, and then they look moment- at each other and I fuck. Mm-hmm. And they realize that they're the same. Well, it's mm-hmm. it's a wonderful moment, but it's also a sad one because I think it kind of gives you the feeling that each 
epic height reached. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just another nail in somebody's coffin here. Yeah. Because um, remember, we didn't see Spencer at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hannah says that they've been lying for Allison ever since she got back. And now they need to know what story she's telling the cops. Simona says, well, so why not ask her? And Emily says that they don't believe that she'll tell the truth. Yeah, and Emily says, why do you think I can help you? And Emily and Spencer kind of look at each other and Hannah looks down. And Arya says we're all thinking. She says, because you're Mona. <laughs> and Mona kind of smiles a little bit. She's like, God damn right I am. I'm Mona yeah. fucking Vanderwall. Well, yeah, I wanted Mona to actually verbally say, "You're goddamn that, right," and that's why I'll help you. Mm-hmm. And then I maybe have them like kiss her, like Mona ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go back to the polygraph test, which is still going. Tester asks, uh, "Who else was in the barn that night?" Allison says, "Arya Montgomery, Hannah Marin, and Emily Fields." And he says, uh, "And when you left the barn, were they all still sleeping?" Allison says, "Yes." And he says, when did you last see Spencer Hastings? And she kind of hesitates there. Yeah, she hesitates a little, and we don't get her response. Uh, we go back to Mona's house. She's like looking out her window, talking to the liars who are like over on the couches. Uh, she says, Allison stole my life from me when she crowned me Rosewood's biggest loser. And she was so convincing, even I started to believe her. Mm-hmm. And the liars are all just kind of listening to this. And Hannah says, so that means you'll help us? And Mona says, look, I know I owe you guys for everything I've done to you. <laughs> Understatement. Mm-hmm. Uh but I'm already number one on her hit list. If Allison finds out I'm signing with you guys, I'm afraid to think how far she'd go to stop me. Spencer's like, are you really that scared of her? And Mona's like, aren't you? And they don't have an answer for this. And Mona's like, isn't that why you're here? And then her mom comes out, uh, Leona, and she's got like a tray of like tea and cookies. And she's like, I don't mean to interrupt your girl talk, but I wanted to bring these out while it's still, still warm. Hannah, is chocolate chip still your favorite? Um. Her mom comes off as like an incredibly, incredibly less abrasive Pam Fields. Yeah, yeah. Her mom just seems so nice and caring. It's it's really funny to see kind of like the other side. Yeah. Where like Mona is actually just this kind of nice girl with like a sweet home life who just happens to be like a hyper adrenalized ghost ninja. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um. So Hannah tells her that's nice of her, but Emily adds in, but we have to go. Emily's kind of bitchy in this episode, yeah. especially Mona's, to Mona. Mona's mom looks so disappointed, and she says mm-hmm. that she'll send them home with them, so just hold on, you know, she's going to go to the kitchen and get some, like, Tupperware or whatever. Well, it's like, she made coffee, or she made cookies just because Mona had friends over. Yeah. That's so sad. Fresh-baked cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mona says, have you ever been so focused on something that it takes over everything else, turns you into something you're not? And I want Spencer to be like, yes. Mm-hmm. But Mona's like, I took all of my alley anger out on you guys. I'm sorry for that. So they all. Well, kind I feel of... like this is kind of a, an acknowledgement that this was never just about Hannah, like she said it was. Right, right. Well, and I think because a lot of people too like like poke their holes in the timeline of that. Um, well, I think that was just her excuse. Yeah, yeah, the moment, yeah. Um, um, well, and it's it's kind of cathartic, you know. It's it's closure, and it's also super ominous because uh, closure is a dangerous thing on a TV show. Exactly. But they all kind of nod that. Yes, they acknowledge that that is indeed an apology, mm-hmm. but maybe they're not willing to accept that apology. <laughs> she did do some pretty terrible things, though. She hit only, one of them a car. Only to make them, them stronger. Yeah. She, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember what, what was Arya's quote. A saved my relationship. <laughs> they're uh, all, the rest of the layers are really angry at Mona for that. Arya's. You know, like, we could have gotten rid of uh, Ezra a long time ago. Arya's just like, stay away from my brother, even though he needs this. Um, so mm-hmm. they start to walk away, but Hannah lingers. Spencer kind of calls out to her, like, hey, what are you doing? And Hannah's like, I'm waiting for cookies. <laughs> um, so like, Hannah hangs out with Mona. The other three kind of group up closer to Mona's front door. And Arya says to Spencer, 
did you figure out what you're going to do if your sister's going away present? And Spencer says, Melissa sent me that video because she wanted me to know the truth. Her confession doesn't actually help any of us. I, I like these conversations where they're spelling out to the audience like why they're doing certain things. Emmy's like, she said it out loud. She buried Bethany. She killed her. And Emily's, Spencer's like, yeah, because she thought that I was the one who hit her. Mm-hmm. And Ari's like, but you didn't. We all know that, Spencer. And Spencer's Do like, we all really know that? Yeah, really. Can seriously. we talk about the timeline here Okay. of that night? Because uh, when Spencer was walking away with that shovel in 424, mm-hmm. that was like right before Allie got conked on the head. Right. But if Melissa saw Spencer walking away and then rushed around and found a hole... You got a point. It 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 would imply that like it, I guess the the way you you make this work is you say that either Spencer came back later and then was then dragging away with the shovel again or it was somebody else who was not Spencer. Hmm. Those are the two ways I see it working. Well, it just it implies that Melissa saw Spencer drag the shovel away. And then I'm just guessing at the timeline of how long it takes to bonk somebody over the head. For them mm-hmm. to appear dead, for them to be buried alive, then to be rescued, and for the, run away. The two people who were seemingly there, because obviously Mrs. D-, D was like, looks like she was talking mm-hmm. to somebody. For them, them to depart from that scene, and then yeah, for that person to dig their way out, be rescued by an old woman, for them to depart, for somebody else to come in on a costume change and be bonked over the head. Yeah, somebody else comes in, gets bonked over the head, gets half a hole dug again to be buried in and then melissa finds it i mean that's that's not enough time to like walk around the side of the yard so did like melissa just like pace back and forth in that bush for like 45 minutes like pondering what to do <laughs> i don't know I mean, that, that saying, is the question of who, who killed i guess Bethany. she could have been saying i saw you dragging that shovel later on for who knows what reason i'm back in this girl's backyard I, mean, I, I saw I, the dead girl. I suspect so, that we're not getting that information yet for for reasons, you know, yeah. as to how exactly this timeline works out. But so Spencer says to Arya, it doesn't matter. In Melissa's story, I'm an accessory for to murder. That's best case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back in the living room, Mona's mom brings out uh, like a Tupperware container of cookies. Delicious uh, looking cookies, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I know. She's like, here you go. And Hannah's like, thank you, Mrs. V. And they are still my favorite. And Mona's like, uh, see you at school? And says, yeah. So Mona goes back upstairs and Hannah kind of turns to her mom and she's like, well, it's nice to see you. And Mona's mom's like, Hannah, I need to ask now that she's back. Allison, is it starting again? And we kind of cut over. We see Mona's like listening to this around the corner on the stairs. But as soon as she hears it, she like leaves. Mm. And Hannah says, I'm not friends with Allison anymore. So I don't really know what she's doing. But I do think that Mona's afraid of her. We all are. Well, Mona's mom like kind of nods her head like, oh, I see. Not reassuring. Yeah, you fucking high school bitches. Thank you, uh, Hannah. I will not sleep tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so cut to Mona's bedroom where she comes storming in, already dialing somebody on her phone. She shuts the door and she says into the phone, send out code A. She's plotting something big. Oh, shit. So who would Mona be talking to here, her army or her secret cabal? Good point. Where the fuck is her secret cabal in all this? Mm-hmm. That's just another wrinkle. Who is that fourth member of the secret cabal? Yeah, yeah, I don't think we haven't forgotten that, folks. Uh, so who was the, the one who was talking to Mona when Hannah was getting her hair done? Yeah, because, mm-hmm. again, I just, I don't think it would be Sydney, Jenna, or Melissa. It just, 
the, the way they they set up that scene. I mean, so I would change if oh, it was Cece is the obvious three, one. Yeah, if it was supposed to be one of those three girls, if I was the showrunners, I would change it just because that sequence was so artistically interesting and mysterious. I mean, yeah, Cece I would, would be the obvious like one to be the the fourth member of the cabal, I guess. Yeah, but then Cece is apparently with Allie. Like, who knows? Um, so anyway, we go to the brew later, and some geek opens the door for and lets Mona in. And she's like, lock the door. I think somebody's following me. She looks around. The place is empty. She's like, where is everybody? Yeah. And Lucas walks up, and he's like, they're not coming. And she's like, why? And he says, Allison got to them. They're convinced that she's the, the saint, and you're Crazy Mona. That's what they're calling you now. <laughs> what is your nickname? Crazy Mona. Well, she, I love the way she's just kind of like, she has to nod and kind of accept it. You know, even mm-hmm. by fuck, she does not like it. Then she looks over to her side. She stares in this like, little tiny round mirror on the wall, like looking at her face. And she's like, do you think you can be crazy and not know it? <laughs> Lucas is like, if you start to believe that, she wins. And she's like, I'm talking about Allison. I think she's gone full on socio. And she looks all hard to determine. It's like, are you sure you're talking about Ellie? Yeah, really. Could you maybe be talking about Arya? <laughs> but Mona did falter a little bit when uh, Allison confronted her and there was the question of the uh, mm-hmm. the medication she's on pills to keep her superpowers in check um, it just saddens me though because Mona is so amazing and the things that she could accomplish are just next level bonkers shit but Lucas has to be her rock of support I know this girl does well, this is, so much better I think this is her I don't know if I want to call it a, a flaw necessarily but like she's good at a lot of things but social interaction not necessarily one of them like she as a she does amazing things by herself you know well it's like but she's not she's not the queen bee i kind of think like allison mona is better with people when she's playing the role of somebody who's better Mm -hmm. with people um i'll say this for lucas though this is a promotion for him it is um he dialed back his like dj chin strap look a little so i'd say that's a plus well and like you gotta wonder, like, if you're just the average hoi polloi, like, student at Rosewood High, like, one day, Hannah Marin is, like, the queen bee, and Mona's, like, her, you know, her robin. Like, wh- where the fuck does it stand now? Like, yeah. like I don't know who's popular anymore. I'm I think no they one... see the Hannah Marin come and they cross the street. Like, oh, the liars now, are scary. Yeah. Because she looks like Robin Tunney in The Craft. <laughs> um. So the next day, Rose and I were in the girls' bath, and the four liars are meeting with Mona. The liars' wall of, like formed up against Mona here. And Mona's like, Allison volunteered to take the polygraph. And Emily asks, you know, how she knows that. Uh, and Hannah, and I think it's... Hannah and Arya. Arya say, say, she's, she's Mona. Mona. <laughs> <laughs> and Mona's like, after you last, left last night, I did some recon. Yeah. Spencer says, Allison would never put her at risk unless she believed her story. And Mona says, well, if you believe a lie, it becomes the truth. And why lie to yourself unless... And Hannah says, you did something so bad, you don't want to believe that you did it. Spencer and Arya both say, I can relate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like that that idea is going to pop up a lot in this show, though. Mm-hmm. If you believe a lie enough, it com- becomes the truth. Um, so, you know, Mona says, or you're playing a game. And Arya's like, you think that Allie took the lie detector test for fun? Doesn't and Arya seem kind of intrigued by this? I wanted Arya to say, I can't believe that you think Allie took <laughs> Um, I think Arya Arya's kind of shady in this scene. Like I feel like she's like, ooh, a new sport, lie detector test. I uh I have some comments about Arya after this scene. But um Mona's like, no, I think she took it because she's not having fun anymore. She can't play for dolls if you won't let her. And this is how she's ending the game. 
See, this so, is where I think Mona may be wrong, because Mona sees the world through A's eyes. And yeah. I think she assumes that Allie's operating the same way, but Allie's kind of like anti-A. Well, there's a there's a thing Ashley Benson's always done because Hannah is so much like impulsive, hard on her sleeve, saying what she's thinking. She does it here. It's like whenever she has a question, her whole like in her body mm-hmm. language, she just barks it out. She says, yeah. "What game?" You know, and Emily's like, "The game, <laughs> the one she stole from me." Mona says, and Arya's like, "You think Allison's A?" I'm sorry, she says, I can't believe you think Allison's A. <laughs> Let's come back and talk to Ari in a minute. But yeah, Mona just nods her head gravely. And Hannah's like, I'm not the only one having bad thoughts, lol. Um, and Mona like looks at them and she's just like, I think Spencer's starting to realize it. I think Spencer's like starting to realize, God damn, Mona's a genius. Mm-hmm. Mona's like, she assembled the perfect group. And we pan across the group. With Spencer, she proclaims smart. With Emily, she proclaims loyal. With Hannah, it's admiring. And with Aria, pause for you know giggle pause for drama yeah Yeah. compassionate and Ari's like perfect group for what that's not it Mona Ari even shakes her head a little bit at this yeah Ari's like perfect group for what and it's obvious Aria for Captain Planet no Switzer says for a sociopath to manipulate yeah and Mona says Allison we've gotten bored with any one of you but all together and Spencer kind of laughs like she's getting it she's like we're a challenge and Ari's like I never understood why Allison chose me what made me so special you need to watch out when Arya has an identity crisis. Guys. Oh, Arya, you know why you're so special. <laughs> Pictunia told you all about it. She's so unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, Mona's like, when you don't feel anything, it must be really fun to mess with somebody who feels a lot. And Arya's like, that's true. Why? Oh, you meant Allison. <laughs> Never <Yeah>. mind. <laughs> Allison picks you because you care and because she can't. That's what Mona says. And Emily's like, so are we really saying that Allison's A out loud? And everybody's like, uh, duh, keep up, Emily. Well, Emily, who said that at least twice in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And Emily's it, like, she never loved me. Yeah, Emily pulls an Arya and mm-hmm. says that. So Arya has to take it back with, she never loved any of us. Spencer's like, guys, if Mona's right, if Allie is ending the game because we cut her off, then she went to the cops to convince them that she's innocent and we're the guilty ones. And Arya's like, guilty of what? And Mona says, everything. She's like, look, I can find out what she told the cops. Maybe we'll give you guys a fighting chance to get your story straight. He turns to leave, and Hannah's like, Mona, why are you helping us? And Mona says, I got early acceptance letters from three colleges, but I still have to survive senior year. I can't do it alone. That's heavy. And then Emily, Jesus Christ, Emily's like, we need your help, Mona. This doesn't suddenly make us besties. And it's like, holy shit, you're a bitch, Emily. <laughs> well, it, it kind of... You're like the stage is really set there, like it's really grim, and it's like it's the grimness goes away with Emily's like. Emily's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't think we're like friends or anything here. And Mona, who I don't think I think she's always like disliked Emily the most mm-hmm. for some reason, is like, I don't want to hold your hand in the hallways, Emily. No one can know I'm doing this for the she's deal. Like, I want to hold Hannah's hand in the hallway. Yeah, just Hannah. Then maybe Spencer. Then maybe Aria. Then maybe Mike. Then you, Emily. Um, and then she's like, and that includes your bed buddies. Okay. The other liars acknowledge, you know, that will be hard. But they, I bet they're thinking it'll be hardest for Arya to keep her trap shut. Yeah. Uh, and Mona says, so do whatever you're going to do today. Just act normal. Act Prince normal, bitches. these bitches. Yeah. You know, rewatching this episode, it's hard not to think that Mona could be setting them all up. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. could Mona be, like, the A behind A? Well, because she talks about... Uh, just act normal how allison's been manipulating them it's like she's mm-hmm. manipulated all of them into that realization yeah yeah she's and she's driving the narrative in season two like mona had an escape hatch plan where she was trying to frame like melissa mm-hmm. and then basically i think retire 
like the A game after she kind of maneuvered herself into the group. Yeah, and she was accepted by them, and so she, if she could have uh, framed Melissa, that would she would have been like the fifth liar, basically. Yeah, it's all she's ever really wanted was to seemingly take Allison's place. Mm -hmm. Um, so then the door to the bathroom opens, and in walk those two creepy twins, Cindy (sighs) and Mindy. Continue. They're in matching outfits. The only difference is one has like a green sweater and one has an orange sweater. They're so creepy. Mm. Even like they they go right over to the stalls and they open them up like in synchronization. Yeah. It's like they practice that or something. I almost expected them to poop together in one stall. But yeah, Mm -hmm. Mona puts on the act quickly and she's just like, hey, Toodles, happy almost turkey day. They kind of ignore her. Um, the they just stare at her. They're so creepy. Like the less dialogue these two characters have, the better because they're so like weird. Oh, I think it would ruin it. If they open their mm-hmm. mouth. Uh, yeah. So the bell rings. Liars are gone. Once the bathroom's empty, the two twins come out of their stalls, synchronized again, smile at each other, and they I just like thought, grin at each other. It's so evil. And I just wrote down in my notes, "Kill them with fire." Um, <laughs> so we talked in the past about how you know, like Case Do always plays the cipher in the Twilight movies, so the audience intended teenage girls can like better put themselves in her shoes, mm-hmm. experience story through her. I don't think that Arya is a cipher. I don't think she'll allow you. <laughs> no, to No, her, her face is way too active for that. But it's like I think her role. You know, we we can't easily imagine that we're Spencer. You know, no matter how much we'd like to. I so can. I think we kind of lean on Arya and Hannah to like be our entry point i don't know i i definitely i think i i kind of use spencer as my entry point she's she's the most of the four that i'm like i think okay i guess i'm just i'm trying to grasp uh, your your aria basically is what you're saying probably but you're saying you you see them aria and hannah as like the entry points well right i guess what i'm getting at is i think that's why aria is always the one who repeat it back to me or Mm -hmm. i can't believe that you do this you know it's it's either she's a (laughs) or she has a learning (laughs) disability or (laughs) She just has to bring it back to her. Yeah. So we cut inside Emily's locker. The door opens. There's Emily. She drops her book. And as she bends down to pick it up, there's Paige also bending down to pick it up. Yeah. Paige like rushes over to pick it up. And Emily's like, oh, thanks. Like Paige has been around the corner staring mm-hmm. at Emily for 20 minutes trying to think of how to make an entry. Yeah. And they both stand up and Paige is just like smiling. She's like, you ready for Thanksgiving? Emily says, uh, not really, no, because uh, we usually decorate early for Christmas this year, and I'm totally behind. Paige is yeah. like, uh, if you need any help, and she just kind of shrugs, like, sending out vibes. And Emily's like, uh, how was your night? The one you got all dressed up for? And Paige just kind of, like, shrugs her shoulders again. She's like, it was a costume thing. Mine didn't really fit. <laughs> this pleases Emily. You know Paige has been working on that line, like, all morning. I just... I had to giggle at the idea that Emily is behind on decorating for Christmas. You are not. It is not even Thanksgiving in your magical parallel universe timeline. Yeah, and Emily's like, you know, we never had our talk. And Paige is like, yeah, I'm tired of talking. And then it's like, boom, she just goes in and kisses Emily. And it is returned. And Emily's definitely not fighting it. And Paige pulls back, and they just smile at each other. And Paige is like, yep, it's back on. No words. Yeah. Um... I couldn't make out what the little poster on the wall to the left of page was, but I was I was interested. Um, oh, for like dance classes. Yeah, so Emily's a little surprised, a little flustered, but pleased. I, I noticed that Lindsay Shaw, she always has this thing with Paige where she acts a lot with her hands in her pockets. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of vulnerable shoulder acting. Yeah, well, that's kind of her character. Like a lot of shrugging like, and mm-hmm. smirking. Yeah. Um, so outside Principal Hackett's office, we watch Mona's mom walk out. She goes around a corner in the, the school and uh, runs into Mona. Well, her face is kind of like hard and concerned until she sees Mona. And then Mona is just like, Mom, what are you doing here? And then her mom, Leona, just kind of like smiles, you know, like 
kind of forces a smile on. She's like, I was just in the cafeteria dropping off the food for the holiday drive. Obviously, she makes that's that, not true. That, that face that you make when you're reading a lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tells Mona that she forgot to bring it in the bag this morning. And Mona's like, oh, sorry, my brain's already on Thanksgiving break, which, like, I'm calling bullshit. Mona forgets nothing. And her mom is like, oh, it's no big deal. And the bell rings. She's like, oh, don't be late for class, honey. And Mona's like, yeah, I'll see you tonight. So they hug. Mom leaves. I feel like an average quiet night for Mona is like sitting on her computer, pirating TV shows, Mm -hmm. and like hacking the Bank of London. So if she forgets to bring some food for a charity drive, I will let it slide. I would let it slide, but I don't think she would. You think she like flogs herself? Um, She lives in an adrenalized hyper-reality. But these two have just the most delightful like mother-daughter relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mona walks around the corner. Um, at the other end of the hallway, she sees Allison of her new gang of four. She has like new like liar doppelgangers. Yeah, yeah. There's there's three brunettes <laughs> and the one blonde. There's like right the, the one like vaguely ethnic one. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. And they even like they're kind of dressed in their hairstyles like the other liars. And Allie's standing in the middle of them. Allie has like this weird long, long flowing dress on with like a jean jacket over it. It's kind of a strange look. Yeah, she uh, she has this kind of like super bitchy but victorious smile on her face. Yeah, she just because Mona sees this and like stops short, and Allie's just smiling at her. And then the intercom comes on. It says, "Allison De Laurentiis, please report to Principal Hackett's office." Allison De Laurentiis, please report to the principal. And Mona frowns as Allie like walks right by her, just kind of smiling and smirking and like like aggressively predatorily like fuck you happy yeah like in your fucking face Mona. and even they pass each other by they both look back at each other as they go like giving each other like one last glare and ali just has this look on her face just like bitch i won which is so funny to me because i was thinking about that the callback that i did in the last episode to when aria gets in mona's face in the bathroom in season three and it's like right as aria is like in her mind just dressed mona down to her face then the intercom buzzes aria montgomery and Mona just has this like smile on her face, like Ari just like walked into a trap. And it's like, I don't know. It's always bad when you feel like Mona's been one up. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. well, she's the hyper adrenalized ghost ninja. Be careful not to underestimate her. Well, because she's you know she's at warp ten. She's in all places at all times. So when she's nervous about something, we're all nervous. So go to Arya's place or <laughs> Ezra's place, the uh, Fitz Palace. Yeah, oh Ari wishes it was her place. It will be soon, I'm sure. Ari is with Ezra. He's carving a pumpkin. She tells him that he has. Well, he's not carving. He's he's emptying out a pumpkin. He's not. Yeah, like, yeah sorry. Not like it... making a jack o' lantern. <laughs> Although I'm sure that there was like a scene where they did that and it was awful. I want to make a joke about Arya and her like design sense of jack o' lanterns, mm-hmm. but I can't. Um, she tells him that he has like pumpkin guts on his face. She he tries to wipe it, but he can't get it. So she kind of gills and. Gets it for him. Full, and... full like mom mode here. She's like, mm, come here. Makes him lean over and she's like scrubbing his face with a washcloth. But, like their dynamic is so creepy. But seriously, these two, like food and it ends up all over their faces. <laughs> it's know. just so gross. It's a metaphor. Yeah. So Arya's like, you know, we can just go to Paula's and buy the pies. And Esther's just like, no, this is my grandma's recipe. It's way better than Paula's. And then Arya says, well, Granny Rose uses Libby's frozen pie mix and puts it in a frozen pie shell. The Montgomery's never know the difference. And Ezra's like, well, this is the first time the Montgomery's invited me over Thanksgiving, and your mother assigned me a pie duty, so I'm not taking it lightly. Remember, folks, the pie is a metaphor. Ian Harding, God bless him, like adds emphasis and pauses to his dialogue <laughs> in the most fascinating ways. Yeah. like It's almost like much more handsome William Shatner acting. Um, so Arya says, 
well, just so you know, they won't have time to judge your baking. They'll be too busy judging you. And she says it's so matter of fact. She just tosses it off and Ezra's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and she says, well, that's why you're invited. They know we're spending a lot of time together and also that you were my teacher. So they wanted to just make sure you're worth a second look. Yeah, your former English teacher is worth a second look? Mm-hmm. Well, like, what, get... what has Ella told them? She's yeah. like, well, they met at school. He's a little bit older than her. Also, They're both fight... interested in English. Yeah. That fight that Ari and Ezra had two episodes ago, it's like remarkably similar to the one Emily and Paige had last season and their relationship. But mm-hmm. she's right back here, like wiping oh, yeah. guts off his face. So he laughs. And he's like, wow, I'm starting to feel like a used car. When are we going to kick my tires and check under my hood? Oh, you don't want Ari to change your oil, buddy. <laughs> um, Ari's like, well, Aunt Sarah gets drunk. <laughs> if Aunt Sarah gets drunk, she might check under your hood. And Uncle Danny will ask you to arm wrestle. Just say no. You're going to love Granny, though. If you can get past the long chin hairs, you won't mind that she toots a lot. Ezra looks like he's about to faint. And he just like shakes his whole head and groans. And like, I'm joking. Granny plucks her chin hairs. He they smile her, at each other. Well, he gives her like a holdover from like the evil Ezra stare, I hmm. felt like. Um, well, doesn't Arya's extended family just sound like the fucking worst? Yeah, yeah. Like like they're just hicks. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder if Uncle Danny looks suspiciously like Rob Lowe. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Uncle Dan Rob Lowe's just like, Ezra! Or wrestle me. me. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to Spencer's kitchen. Um, cut over from the uh, cornucopia to Spencer looking at a photo album. This photo album's interesting because in the top left, there's a picture of a group of young people that you have never seen in this show, including non-white people. Yeah, I know. It's like, who are these people? There's uh, a picture of Alice and Emily. There's a picture of some like rock sculptures on the beach. Then like uh, on the next page, there's like an old picture of like Hannah and Allison. That's like a, a cute one. Like Allie's like holding Hannah's chin. Yeah, and there's like a picture of some dude who I can only assume is like the gaffer. I have no idea who that is. It's like, who the fuck is this weird guy with like a balloon covering half his face? And then as we pan over, there's a really funny picture of Hannah like making a weird face. Yeah. And then a picture of the, the five, you know, the liars and Allie all together, the five of them. They're all laughing, having a great time. They look so happy. And Allie has written on it, my best, my four besties kisses Allie. She's written it in red. It doesn't mm-hmm. look like A's handwriting to me. Um, I guess you could say it's close enough with the whole kisses thing, though, to kind of yeah, give Spencer yeah. pause. But I, I, Spencer's looking at this, I think, maybe like suspicious, but also kind of like sad because it was like, hey, we used to all be so happy and friendly. You know, can we talk about not just her her total outfit, but is she wearing like a gun holster? <laughs> She's wearing the harness free gun holster. I, I have that in my notes. Uh-huh. She has like like if you were to strap like shoulder holsters on, she has the harness on for it. But it's like it's very thin and ladylike. It's so like what is that? I don't know. She's also wearing like the Triforce of Wisdom around her neck. That, that... Yeah, she's got like the Deathly Hallows there. Mm-hmm. Um so then we hear behind her a uh remarkably authoritative voice say, Put your hands on your head and turn around. <laughs> Spencer kind of smiles to herself for a moment and then closes the scrapbook and turns around and there's Toby. It's in the side doorway in his like new police uniform and his hat. And he says, I said, put your hands behind your head. Spencer likes that role play. Yeah. She's like smiling at him, like kind of not taking him seriously at first, but then she like straightens up and puts her arms behind her. Uh, yeah. She's totally cosplaying it here. She's just like, I'm sorry, officer. I have a difficult time of authority. If you want me to put my hands behind my head, you're going to have to come over here and make me. And then Toby walks over and strangles the shit out of her. <laughs> Toby walks Too over soon? Tosses her hat. 
their foreplay is so creepy. Well, like, I, I, I put it out to you, the listeners. Who enjoys roleplay more, Spoby or Ezria? I think Spoby does. I think they get weird. <laughs> Back into the sex dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is that awful line from Fifty Shades of Grey? It's like, um, my tastes are more clinical. I, I can't remember if that's a line or not, but my tastes are more clinical. Um, so he tosses his hat off, strolls over. I originally wrote in my notes, trolls over, which I thought was funny. <laughs> um, and Toby's just like, are you looking for trouble? And she's like, no, sir. I'm a good girl. Honest. It's just <laughs> I have a lot of really bad habits. I feel like Toby should be jealous of her shoulder harness. Yeah, he should. And Toby's he's like, oh, yeah. Detective, and he's had to go to, you know, police academy to not be detective. Yeah. Toby says, oh, yeah, they taught us how to deal with delinquents like you in the academy. And she's like, why don't you show me what you learned? And they start making out. The um, the PLO annotations for this is excellent. Oh, yeah. The, Toby, put your hands behind your head. And then Spencer's just like, look at you harassing a teen girl. It's like you're a real Rosewood cop. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Um they they make out for a while and they finally kind of break apart and, to- and Spencer's like that's some cop cop school there uh, and she giggles and Toby's like oh you'll see it tonight ceremony starts at eight but I think we should leave at, at the brew by seven so Toby graduated cop school in like four days yeah or something so mm-hmm. like he's this is presumably like his graduation ceremony tonight um, mm-hmm. she promises that she'll be on time which I thought that's tempting fate. She hands him a little box and says, happy graduation. And Toby is so touched. Well, how oh. likely is it? Because Spencer's like, I'll be on time, I promise. It's like, really? Yeah, so? exactly. Like, Toby should have, like, just thought that's too good to be true. Okay, I, I have the dialogue here. Spencer, I don't do romance. My tastes are very singular. You wouldn't understand. And then he makes her sign a contract to see his funk dungeon. His mm-hmm. funk dungeon. <laughs> I'm an ideas man, Spencer. I think I proved that with Fuck Mountain. Um, so she she tells him to open the box. He opens it, and there's a pocket watch. Yeah, and she tells him to open the pocket watch, and inside it's engraved. It says, "You're my once upon a time S." That's just like oh, a Spoby moment. Toby's overcome with emotion, and it's like, wait, is Toby gonna die now? Like, there's way too much of like people like having these kind of like happy moments. Where you're yeah. just like, oh, that person's going to die. No, now that person's going to die. You keep waiting to see, like, the red dot on somebody's mm-hmm. forehead. And, like, <laughs> their head just jerks back because they've been shot by a sniper. Um, so, meanwhile, at the Rosa PD office, Officer Barry has an office. Yeah, yeah, he's got his own office. He's on his computer. Lucas leans in the door. He's like, he's like, i just taken over Pam Field's old job. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, her files are a mess. <laughs> Yeah, Lucas is there. He says, hi, sorry to bother you. Is this where I apply for the high school liaison program? So Barry's like, oh, yeah, that's a real thing. Barry says, yeah, great. You know, have a seat. Um, he goes off to like get the application. I guess this makes sense. Since all the crimes tie back to high schoolers in some way, they might as well call it, though, like... Jump Street. Like the academic ambassadors to murder. Mm-hmm. Um, so once Barry's gone, Lucas decides it's time for him to try some spycraft. So he like runs over to Barry's computer and sticks like a like a like a router, a hotspot it's thing, a little USB, USB antenna into the a USB port. Yeah, whips out his phone and texts somebody. We cut to the police station bathroom. We know it's a police station bathroom because we see a female police officer getting some paper towels and leaving. 
And we move over one of the stalls, and there's Mona sitting on the toilet with a laptop. Well, you gotta move like over it and like look down. Yeah, it's kind of a dingy looking stall. Yeah, yeah. I hope Mona washed their hands. I hope she put a lot of paper towels down before mm-hmm. she sat in that seat. I hope there was a seat. Ugh. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, she's on her, her laptop there. She gets a text that says "Go" from Lucas, and she starts doing her hacker shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see she's got access to Barry's computer, and she uses the command line to clone his hard drive. But then there's an error: copy failed, admin password required. You mean on the the Maple PC? Mm-hmm. And so she she kind of just gets annoyed and type runs like a password decrypt script on it, and that works. Password's accepted, and the download starts. And she smiles, and her smile like it breaks out briefly into like a big evil grin, but mm-hmm. then she kind of like reins it back in. Like and this is another thing that makes me think like is Mona up to more? than we think and then while she's at it she releases the interview online for everyone to watch for free mm-hmm. um i wonder what other things she found on officer barry's computer like do you think maybe his like erotic novel in progress is on there would you really put that on your work computer i don't know i, I, I don't, don't know. think barry's an idiot i mean i think we've all been there mm-hmm. right right not on my work computer chapter six on the work computer oh yeah oh yeah okay in between calls is there something you want to tell us <laughs> So after the commercial, we hear Sleigh Ride by the Ronettes playing, and we're at Emily's house. Paige is on the roof setting up reindeer decorations because Christmas has just vomited all over Emily's like whole house. Well, Paige is on like the balcony, but yeah, there's a Santa and reindeer up on like the roof area. Uh, and Emily's on the porch pouring like green eggnog out of a snowman jug. No, it's it's just green glasses. Okay, I'm like green the, green. What glass. is this? What is this festive slime she's pouring? Yeah, Paige is kind of working with the snowman, and down below on the porch, Hannah, or Emily's pouring eggnog, and there's cookies out as Hannah comes out of the house. So, Hannah is, again, dressed like a witch, but she's Steven wearing X, yeah. a gray cardigan with spiked shoulders. I can't... Her... What does her shirt say? It's like rock and roll something? I, I couldn't make it out. I could never see the la- one of the words on it, but something about rock and roll music. Um, rock and roll's dead, and Lenny Kravitz is fucking the corpse? Exactly. That's true. Uh, um, Emily's t-shirt, on the other hand, says, this girl loves Christmas with like kind of two thumbs pointing at her across her boobs mm-hmm. and like a little like kind of a female like figure in the middle, like with her hands up. I know somebody who has this shirt. Really? That's mm-hmm. a real shirt? Mm-hmm. I know because I mm-hmm. bought it for them. Um, okay. Hannah says, M, what Mona said, when Mona said act normal, I don't think she meant we had to decorate your house. And Emily's like, yes, yeah, she did. Um, Emma says this is the one thing she does every year for her and her family, and she's not going to let Allison take that away from her. So she offers like Hannah eggnog, and Hannah's like, no thanks. And Emily says, Emily's fucking face. It's like, you don't fuck around with uh, Christmas when it comes to the fields here. She's like, if you can't find Christmas in your heart, Hannah, then you're not going to find it under your tree. At least on the Christmas special. She is dead serious. Yeah, Hannah kind of guffaws and like takes the nog and leaves. And it's like, I'm going to take this eggnog so you don't murder me. She's like, I wonder if Caleb still drinks, like if he's holding some uh, vodka over mm-hmm. there. Um, Paige asks Emily if this is right. Emily kind of comes up and looks up and oh, pa- Paige has uh, some scarf game going on right now. Yeah, she's scarfing it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Paige is adjusting the snowman. Emily's like a little to the right and Paige moves the snowman. Emily's like, no, my right. Not Snowy's right. Paige is like snowy and Emily's like yeah I named him when I was three and then there's points to these like two like little penguin statues in front of her that have like Santa hats on and she mm-hmm. says you know and this is pingy and wingy and Paige just kind of smiles at this because what else are you going to do I Emily just, loves Christmas yeah read her boobs I would just stress that uh, 
that she named it when they were when she was three. Mm-hmm. Um, so meanwhile, Hannah and the Cyberwolf are over like working on the Christmas lights, and you know, Caleb's like trying to figure out like which light Hannah touched to cause them all to go out. And Hannah's, like, I gotta I say, I, I love this fucking scene. Like this, this scene reminds me of like when the X Men would have to like rake leaves and play football on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Like it has that feeling. Like I, I love it when they just give the liars like kind of activities to do. Yeah, yeah, like real, real person stuff and they just interact mm-hmm. um hannah's just like i touched all of them you know so emily just kind of leans in, in the background and suggests that it's one of the red ones they always go out so like caleb does something with the red one gets it to work and yeah Emily's all, all like, the lights come on in the string and he's like told you now let's deck <laughs> the halls and fa la la she sounds like a crazy person she hannah's hannah's skull can't contain the eye roll like she, yeah <laughs> she actually reminds me of like courtney cox and friends a little bit there yeah yeah i can see that um so caleb's like what is wrong with i think her canadian is showing a little Oh, yeah. Big time. And yeah, Caleb's like, what is wrong with her? And Anna says, read her boobs. The girl loves Christmas. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I like this Emily a lot more. Like, crazy Emily? Mm-hmm. Um, so Emily, like, walks over to her nativity set and is like, where's Jesus, Meta? <laughs> and Paige is like, Jesus is up here. So she holds up like, the sweet baby Jesus, like, figure up on the back. Well, the way she holds it up is so weird. It's like it's like she's like Mufasa or something, you know? And then they play football with Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so while still working, on, still working on the lights, Hannah gets an incoming call. She checks it. It's Mona. She tells That's a Caleb, giant nativity, by the way. That's yeah. like a, I don't know, like three-fourths scale nativity. Like, there's big-ass statues. It's a little bit obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Um, she tells Hannah, or tells Caleb that it's her mom, and she walks off to take it. So, Although it's, it's Mona, of course. Yeah. She places, Emily places the baby Jesus in the nativity scene. Caleb comes over and mentions, like, they go all out here at the Fields house, and she's other. Her dad always finds a way to come home for Christmas. So after Thanksgiving dinner, she and Pam come outside, turn on the lights, and that way they know it won't be long until they see him again. It's nice to know that Wayne Fields hasn't died from a heart attack yet. It's just a ticking time bomb. Like, at any time, the writers could be like, give that actor a call and be like, hey, we need you back for an episode. We're going to kill you. Eep. Yeah. Uh, Caleb smiles and then looks <laughs> it, at her It boobs. needs to be like he collapses into like a soup bowl or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, knocks the whole table over at a banquet. Yeah. Uh, so Caleb smiles and then looks at her boobs. Well, he was instructed to read her boobs. Yeah. He's, uh, like, oh. he's like, well, I know where you love Christmas. And then she <laughs> kind of realizes that he's looking at her shirt and she just kind of smiles and nods. Like if in the other characters, I feel like this would be super creepy. Like if this was Lucas, this would be creepy as shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean he's with Hannah. Like, I don't think he's like being lurid or anything, you know? Well, I remember the, I think it was when Ashley was like on house arrest and it was like Emily had to deliver messages to Caleb. And it was oh, like, yeah. Hannah told me to make out with you, but I'm just going to like let that one pass. <laughs> Caleb's like, but she told you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Hannah comes back over. Caleb asks like how Hannah's mom is. And Hannah says that she's good. She just needs more cranberries. And Caleb's like, well, they're on the list. So they should be in the fridge. I like the notion here that Caleb did the Marin turkey day shopping. Yeah. Just made him a list and gave it to him. They're like, you don't have like a job or school or we don't know what you do. So go, go do something useful. Yeah. So Hannah's like, yeah, I know. But my grandma likes to can kind, which just made me happy because even if we don't see her, it's nice to know that like Hannah's grandma's back in town. Mm-hmm. And Hannah says, yeah, you know, the, the ones that you slice. And Emily's like, I thought your grandma always made that salad with the cranberries and the marshmallows in it. And a uh, big glare from Hannah here. She's basically like, shut the fuck up. And Emily's just like, or not. Caleb, of course, notices this because he's not an idiot. And then, or blind, yeah. Yeah. Paige is like, hey, Em, can you grab a staple gun and help me, you know, give me a hand? She's trying to put up some, like, kind of, like, evergreen branches up up on the porch. So Emily goes to do this. Caleb's like, okay, what was that? And Hannah's like, what was what? And he says, Hannah, I know when you're lying to me. 
Let me just get some Hannah face. Mm-hmm. Can't even lie to her boyfriend or her mom. Yeah. So, Sundry's Kitchen, we see that uh, Emily, Hannah, Spencer, real quick, you would say that maybe that's not a terrible thing. <laughs> what? That you can't lie to your mom or your boyfriend? I guess. It, it's like it's like Hannah's like the closest to like a nice normal relationship with these people. I mean, in theory, yeah, but you know, this is where my my Allison tendencies come out. I I like to know that I can if I need to, you know. Okay. Uh, so we cut to Spencer's kitchen where we see that Emily, Hannah, Spencer, Ari, and Mona are gathered around a laptop on the island, watching the tape of Allison's polygraph test. Oh, do you want to do the dialogue for this? Uh, sure. I think I have it all. Um, who do you want to be? Um, I don't know. I'll leave that up to you. Maybe the Proctor or Allie. Oh, uh, I can I can ask the questions. We'll just say real quick that like throughout this, they're watching the video. There's a lot of like just panning over the girls as they watch this, and they're all mm-hmm. just like, "Oh shit!" Did you send me the dialogue too? Is that what I, I sent it? Stop? Yeah. Check yours then. Who are you being? You're the Proctor. Yeah, I'm going to be the Proctor. Uh, let me find it here. Who else was in the barn that night? All, I'm Allie. Allie says, uh, Ari Montgomery, Hannah Marin, and Emily Fields. When you left the barn, were they all still sleeping? Yes. Where did you last see Spencer Hastings? She came to my house. You were the leader of the group, right? Unofficially. And your friends would have done anything to help you? If you needed them? I think so. Like The, the hesitation here is kind of sad because it's like, that's not true anymore. Was Spencer a loyal friend? As far as I knew. Why was she at your house? It was all my fault. I pushed her to that place. What place? She was angry. Did you know Spencer was abusing amphetamines? I found out that night. Because she was under the influence? She dropped her pills. I saw what they were. Would you say that she was desperate? For what? For you to keep her secret. She was emotional, but I promised her I wouldn't say anything. And in return for your silence, what was she willing to do? I wouldn't know. We never discussed it again. Is there something else you'd like to tell me? And never, all the liars are like holding her breast now. And Allie says, I didn't have anything to do with Bethany Young's murder. And the liars are all kind of looking like betrayed now. Like Allie sold it Spencer out or something, but she seemed pretty neutral there. Like she's basically just telling the truth. Yeah, I don't think that she lied. From what we know, nothing that she said was a lie. I mean, the only thing I could think is that by her mentioning Bethany Young, it's like she's tying the questions about Spencer to Bethany Young. Although, who knows whether the cops already thought that or not, you know? Well, it seems like this this whole line of questioning is solely about Bethany Young, not at all about Cyrus Petrillo. That's true. Yeah, it's all about that that night. Um, the only thing that I would say is bad here is when she talks about like, it's my fault. I pushed her to that place. It's like, she's taking this very true, but also could be like very false Mm -hmm. guilt upon herself to say that like, you know, basically if Spencer murdered somebody, I feel bad. Maybe I got her agitated. Um, but yeah, it's like, she's not really, I think the audience just natural distrust of Allison is what carries you through this scene. But Honestly, how could Allison have had anything to do with Bethany Young's murder? She was bonked over the head, buried alive, and then taken away by the Grunewald. As far as we know, yeah. As far as, far as we know. So we cut to Allison's house. The doorbell rings. We see Detective Holbrook walking into the living room of Allison. He sees the piano, and he's well, like... It's just like wide shot from behind the piano as we watch him come in. Yeah. And Holbrook says, do you play? And she's like, sorry? 
the piano. And she's like, oh, uh, I loved it as a kid, but I lost interest. Can't remember why. Hmm. Well, I shouldn't be here without Lieutenant Tanner, but I just wanted to tell you this in person. W- what is it? And we don't see what it is. We get a shot from outside the window as the two of them like sit down on this kind of like loveseat couch to talk. We can see them talking, but we don't know what's going on. Hmm. What is going on? Yeah, that's very interesting. So back in Spencer's kitchen, the video's over. Uh, all I have to say about their outfits here is that Arya has some crazy boots on. Um, Emily points out that nothing Allison said was that incriminating. And Mona, rightfully so, says, I think the questions they're asking tell us more about their investigation than her answers do. Yeah, she's a sharp one, Mona Vanderwall. Yeah. And it's like, how so? And Mona says, was Spencer a loyal friend? Was she desperate? And Spencer's like, desperate enough to do what? And then Caleb like walks right in. He walks in just as Spencer saying that. She's like desperate enough to do. And then she pauses and she's like, what? Uh, Caleb walks in the side door and he says, kill Bethany. And Spencer's like alarmed. She looks at Hannah and Hannah's just like, Caleb, you're supposed to keep that a secret. Uh, Because of course she told Caleb. Mm. And Caleb's like, Mona came to me. And Mona's like, I knew you'd tell him. So I asked for his help. (laughs) Mona thinks of everything. So Emily's like, are there any other helpers coming? And Arya's like, no, I didn't tell my bed buddy this time. Mm-hmm. Spencer's like, neither did I. And Hannah's like, I'm sorry, but could you lie to that face? And Caleb smiles. He like pulls out his bag, whips out his laptop. Well, Hannah's just like gazing longingly at uh, Caleb as she says this. Yeah, yeah. She'd, she'd mount him Hashtag right Caleb now. moment here. She'd mount him right now if she could. Um, and Caleb, like, he's like, pulls up the laptop. He's like, I unlocked two more files. Your software slays, by the way. <laughs> is, that, is that decoding program military? And I was like, you don't want to know. It's they're shield like, software, obviously. Their hacker boners are just out of this world. Um, was just amazing. So Caleb says, the cops were granted access to Bethany's Radley files yesterday. I can't open that link. But I did find this affidavit that Holbrook sent to the DA today. That's District Attorney Marsha Cross, just to remind you. Yeah, although it doesn't say the DA's name, I don't think. No, no, no. 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 Yeah, so uh, he, he pulls up the DA, the affidavit on screen. Arya reads, and the affidavit says, We no longer consider Allison DeLaurentis a person of interest in Young's murder investigation. And Arya's like, so she's totally off the hook? And Caleb says, yeah, and Spencer's on it. Emily reads on, The information we obtained from Bethany Young's hospital records informed the theory we've been working since day one. They Spencer want. Hastings murdered but young to gain favor with the group's leader, Allison. So they've they've liked Spencer for a long time on this murder. Uh, they're not the only one. I believe that the other detective working on the case, one Benjamin Light, mm-hmm. has eyed her. That's true. Spencer's a killer, Arya's A, from day uh, one. So Hannah says, why would killing Bethany score points of Allie? And Spencer says that since she told him that she knew that Spencer was taking the pills, they think that Spencer would have done anything to have Allison keep that secret. And Arya says, but why would they think that she wanted Bethany dead? Why indeed? That is the question. And Mona said, says to Caleb, you said that he sent this to the DA. And Spencer's like, you guys, I know how this works. They submit an affidavit so they can issue an arrest warrant. So she goes over her phone and she asks them to please call Toby because she needs to find her parents. I like how she instructs her friends to call her boyfriend. Yeah. Well, she's going to call her parents. Well, as as we found out, the Hastings have a remarkable knack for self-preservation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's about to call, but then Mona says, before you do that, don't you want to know what the cops know? That affidavit was sent the day after they saw Bethany's Radley files. And Emily says, there has to be something in those files that linked Allie to Bethany. Let's find out what it is. It's like, but wouldn't the link need to be to Spencer to Bethany? 
No, no, no. Or are they just really assuming that like Spencer would do anything for Allie? Yeah, yeah. They have to. They assuming that Spencer would do anything for Allie, and that is for some reason killing this person who bothers Allison mm-hmm. would be like what wins them favor. I. It's it's a very fine line. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Spencer's like, you guys, this is on me. You don't have to do anything else. And Hannah's like, come on, Spence, we're gonna stick together. And Ari's like, yeah, because that's what we do. Most of the time. Yeah. And they all, Emily, Hannah, and Ari all come like crowd Spencer with their support. Like, and, up, yeah. and Mona is once again left off to the side of the frame, like feeling like the fifth wheel again. Poor Mona. Caleb it's knows like, it. Yeah, Caleb knows it's They use Mona, but they never really let her into the liar bond. Like, they didn't even let Allie in, really. Yeah. Um, it's like those four are like, you know, inviolate, but nobody else can be added to the group. And, yeah, Mona's just feeling kind of sad, but then Spencer looks up and she says, "Let's go back to Radley together." And Mona she, nods. She sends it to Mona, and Mona's just like, mm-hmm. "Fuck yeah!" So after the commercial, we're outside Radley. We see from a car window that Spencer and Mona are walking towards an entrance, probably the rear entrance, in their nurses' uniforms. Fuck yes, um, not the uh, candy stripers. These are like the Radley, like kind of old school forties like, uniforms. Yeah, just like all white nurses' mm-hmm. uniforms. Uh, Hannah and Caleb are in the car. Hannah's in the driver's seat. Caleb's in the passenger seat, like, doing laptop stuff. We see that he has, like, a four-plan rally up, and he's, like, hacking his way through it. And Hannah's just like, are you in? And he's like, we're in. And I thought to myself, <laughs> oh, shit, it's the next Mission Impossible film right here. Caleb is basically Chloe from 24 now. Spencer is very Tom Cruise-like in a lot of ways. Oh. Uh, and Hannah, Hannah touches her, like, Bluetooth earpiece, and she's like, code go. I repeat, code go. Yes. <laughs> nice code. Uh, it's like why? Why is that even a code? <laughs> <laughs> like it's a code. Like it would like, even be like code green or something. You know? Nope. It's code go. Code go. Code stop. Uh, Spencer is like swipes her badge badge at the entrance, and the little sensor turns green, and they walk right in. I guess Caleb, uh, like I don't know, hacked the badges or something. They are something. I feel so like they go into Radley, and Hannah looks at Caleb. They're concerned. Uh, uh, so inside rally, we see Spencer and Mona walking down a hallway in their nurse's uniforms. Mona's like super sweet and says goodnight to an orderly they pass. Then like Spencer's phone makes a sound and Mona says to her, Emily hasn't checked in. You better make sure that's not from A. So Spencer, Mona also has an earpiece on. Yeah. Yeah. Spencer checks her phone. It's a text from Toby saying, you're coming, right? Where's that, Toby? <laughs> LOL. Remember Toby? In your <laughs> fucking face, Toby. Uh, Spencer says that it's Toby and that she should have told him what they were doing. And Mona's like, not to poke where I don't belong, but if I were graduating from Popo school, I wouldn't want to know that my girlfriend just broke into Radley. You know, it's kind of <laughs> funny that they're like breaking into Radley when seemingly they could have just come back later in the night and like walked right in. Because that's oh, that's what everybody else was doing back in season three. You just like I, walk right into that place anytime you want. I get the impression that because you had the whole thing where like Eddie talked about how there were some issues with the mm-hmm. badges and we saw the camera earlier. Maybe they tightened it up a little. Yeah, they tightened it up a little bit. Um, Spencer says that <laughs> not know, just anyone can walk right into like the uh, the abandoned children's ward, <laughs> exactly. dance with ghosts. Like yeah, hallucinatory dance. Um, but Spencer says that she has to make it to that ceremony. And Mona's like, well, then let's stop chatting in H two H U. Which, by the way, I had to look up. It's Hurry the hell up! Hurry the hell up! Yeah. I was just like. What the is she saying? Yeah. Um, Mona touches her earpiece as they walk towards a metal gate, and she's like, we're in the East Corridor, corridor Hall, approaching the security door. And the door buzzes open, and they enter. Like, I really like the last Mission Impossible movie, like, a lot. But mm-hmm. the opening sequence where they have to break uh, Tom Cruise out of jail mm-hmm. is easily one of the, the best sequences in a movie that has a lot of really good sequences, and that's what I wanted here. <laughs> 
<laughs> Good to Emily's bedroom. For Spencer to just start beating the shit out of somebody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Spencer has to look up into a camera where Caleb and Hannah are watching on the security feed and be like, release everybody. <laughs> so Emily's bedroom, she's on the phone of Paige saying, I'm sure it's nothing, probably just a scratchy throat, but I was just about to crawl in the bed, so I, I will. will. <laughs> Thanks, Paige. Um, so she hangs up, and then right behind her, we hear Emily. And Emily looks like she's about to crawl out of her skin. I like turns around and like they're right behind her that we haven't been able to see because Emily's blocking the frame is Allie standing in her doorway. Well, I love that the music cue informs us that Allison is basically the boogeyman now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Emily turns. She's super startled. And Allie's like, I didn't mean to scare you. And Emily's like, no, you didn't. And Allie says, I seriously saw the hair on the ba- rise on the back of your neck when you heard my voice. Well, Emily does look pretty terrified. Yeah. Like, it's not a lion. <laughs> That's what it's Shane Alice. Mitchell does. Yeah. Uh, and Emily has no response to this. And Allie just kind of shrugs, like, sadly, because it's like, Allie's not an idiot. She sees you're fucking terrified of her. Yeah. And she says, I was surprised to get your message. You made your feelings for me, Crystal, the last time I saw you. And then Emily gets a text from Hannah that says, where's A? And Emily's like, uh, sorry, my mom's at the store, uh, last minute shopping. And she replies back, you know, with me, I hate this. And so Allie just stands and waits there. And she, well, because Emily's so blatantly lying, yeah. Allison can tell. So Allison says it's a trap. So she asks, you know, like, why am I here, Emily? And Emily's like, it, it bothers me. I mean, tomorrow's Thanksgiving and you and I aren't speaking. And Allison says, well, I wasn't that surprised when the others turned on me, but you were the one I trusted. And Emily mumbles, the loyal one. And Allie's and like, I'll- what? And Emily's like, nothing. <laughs> and Allie's like, I'm sorry I disappointed you. And she turns to go, but Emily's like, Allie, wait, I don't want things to be like this. And Allie kind of, she's facing away. She smiles to herself a little, uh, but then when she turns back around, she has like her sad face back on. And she's like, this, neither do I. This is the most incriminating moment for Allison in this whole episode to me. I guess so. I mean, uh, it's a I, self-satisfied I smile. Yeah. I admire it though. It's like, yeah, she's very satisfied that Emily is playing the role like Allison wants her to play but it's great filmmaking because when she turns around it's obviously like a much different take like there's no way that she went from that face it looks oh no she she drops the face just before she turns around I I love it I love it because it looks like they cut together two different moments for me in a way that I really like I Mm. guess um so Radley we're in the art class because not only did Arya somehow still get the volunteer there she also gets to supervise the art class. Oh, she's the artsy one. Yeah, and she's walking around going, oh, wow, that's beautiful, Sandy. I love the colors that you chose. They're in, like, the day room. The, all the uh, the other troubled girls are painting on easels. Where's and Miranda? Yeah, I know. Where's Big Ron is, like, in a diabetic coma. <laughs> Arya killed her. <laughs> uh, so Arya spots Spencer and Mona, like, through a window, walking down a hall, and they nod at her. And so she looks over at, at like, a nurse who's at, like, the front desk area. Mm-hmm. And then she just kind of walks over to a table and, like, not, you know, accidentally on purpose knocks over this jar of paint onto the floor and, like, explodes and there's red paint everywhere. I wanted one of the patients to be like, what the fuck did you do that for? Yeah, what did you do that for? Rhonda was right about you. Yeah, you're crazy. So the nurse comes from the nurse station, like, has to come in and help her by, like, Getting the paper towels that are on the shelf in the room where Arya is. <laughs> and handing them to her. Like, the nurse looks like super pissed too. Yeah, like, but maybe they're too high up for Arya to reach. Yeah, Arya's like, oh god, I'm so sorry. This was totally my all my fault. Wow. And Arya's like, yeah, my middle name should be should have been Klutz. Thank you. And the nurse is about to turn around, but we see Mona and Spencer in the background. They're still sneaking by. They're not done yet. And so Arya has to like keep distracting the nurse. She's like, and can you believe I actually wanted to be a dancer growing up? But then I realized I was on the shorter side. So career crisis averted. 
the nurse gives her this like shut up i hate you smile <laughs> exactly meanwhile mona is like stealing the keys from the nurse's desk and they rush away well it's really cool because you can actually hear somebody mumble in the background like hey lisa can you like get somebody on the intercom or whatever bust somebody on the intercom yeah and they, then you hear the janitor call um so the nurse like leaves and shuts the security door to the art class behind her Harry's Outside, like hey i'm sorry <laughs> Yeah. Outside, Hannah and Caleb are in the car. They see another car pulling up to the entrance that Spencer Mona went in. It's Holbrook. The oh, acting, shit. the acting these two do when they realize it's Holbrook <laughs> is goddamn Caleb amazing. Caleb pulls down the sun visor to hide. Like, that's going to help or something. Well, Hannah does the liar's move, which is she just ducks down as low as she can get in the car. Yeah. Like, well, um, what did you think that was going to do, Caleb? He's like, well, oh, I'll just put the sun visor in front of my face. Well, I love that all these papers that are tucked under there, like, fall in his lap. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's the paper he's looking yeah, at in just a that's bit. That's the paper yeah. he's looking at later, yeah. So, Hannah, like, gets on her earpiece, and she's just like, holy crap, we have company. We hear Mona's face, like, H, use your codes, please. Code, holy crap, we have company. Because uh, Mona's all business on her stove covered ops. And Hannah's mm-hmm. like, seriously? Okay, bright light do you hear no, red me? light red light do you oh, hear red me? light sorry yeah um and holbrook like saunters on into radley i would say that holbrook's swagger almost rivals ezra's here am i right swagger is it pedo swagger is a little bit you never know with holbrook uh yeah so then we go inside mona and spencer have just entered like a like an archive room yeah this uh, is this is a tiny moment but like they flip on like the little hanging light bulb to me, that hanging light bulb will always be reminiscent of the ending of Psycho. <laughs> and I love that because it just, then in my mind, it ties back to the ending of Unmasked. Sorry. Yeah. And so they're inside. Mona says, we're in. And Hannah is saying, I said red light is in cherry on top of a cop car. <laughs> and Mona and Spencer just kind of look at each other anxiously. Uh, and cup- go back to the spying that they were already doing. Yeah. yeah. Cup to Arya in the day room. She's trying to clean up all this red paint with paper towels on the ground. Which looks like blood now. It does. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a little too well. It looks it's too but, red. Yeah, it, but it's it looks like a like a blood spill. Like yeah, and then two two boots walk right up and stop right in front of her, and we kind of pan up and we see it's Holbrook, Holbrook with his new haircut staring down. I like how the camera it pans up, but it stays low, so we see Holbrook like staring down at Arya, mm. and he says, "You've made quite a mess of things." And Arya looks as guilty as possible. I like this moment for a lot of reasons. It really like hits home the. The trope of like the masculine authority figure looking down, yeah, on looming over her. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it starts of his his two feet, like the show is so good about setting up things for p- fans to go nuts pondering mm-hmm. later. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, so after the commercial, we're still in the art class, and Arya like she gets up and throws away the rag she was using, and Holbrook's well, <laughs> I mean I can't say it. I know uh, Holbrook. I like the, how he steps over the paint and he says, "I didn't know you worked here, Arya." And Arya says, it's not a job, I volunteer. She's kind of jumpy. And Holbrook's like, oh, it's admirable. And Arya says, okay, well, I should probably give back the patients. They might need more supplies. And she tries to walk past him. And he says, of course. I'm just curious. When did it all start? And Arya, like, turns back to face him. She's like, what? And we get this close-up on Holbrook. And he says, the lies, the cover-ups, the murders. And Arya's just, like, staring in daze. And then he's like, your volunteer program. And he smiles at her. Now, what do you think that was? Did Arya imagine that or did that actually happen? I think she imagined that. I think much like she imagined Ezra getting arrested back at the start of season four. I guess he, I'd say there's nothing visually to indicate that, though. A little bit. Other than that, like, he has, like, kind of a weird, like, lazy eye. Well, the other thing is, it's played like... Holbrook has a glass eye, too. It's, 
You think he took his own eye out to get better into her mind? I think so. Doesn't his uh, eye look weird in that shot? Well, because he's squinting with one eye really weird. Yeah. Like um, one of them is like in a different direction than the other one. He kind of plays it like maybe he's just being like bizarrely, like dryly sarcastic, but it's just not funny. I guess that's how I took it. Like I, it, it didn't seem like there was any visual indication that she was imagining this. I, I That was my first take, though, was that she was she was imagining it. The lies, the cover ups, the murders. And uh, yeah, and then he says your volunteer program and Arya is just like he smiles at her and he says this. Um, Arya is like, oh, a few weeks ago, but she's like totally creeped out. And he says, do you have any interest in the mental health profession? Well, Arya should be like, well, literally everyone I know is crazy. So <laughs> including myself. But instead she says, well, I love art and I love helping people. That's not true. <laughs> I love art. And I love helping people. Mm. He says, and did you volunteer before or after the police and identified Bethany's body? And Ari's like, okay, you don't sound so cur- just curious anymore. Should I call my parents? And Holbrook is like, he's like really enjoying himself. Yeah, he's he's pleased that he's unnerved her. Yeah, he says, no, not yet. And he turns to go, but then he turns back and he says, oh, uh, one last thing. Was your volunteer work Spencer's idea? And Ari's like, no. And he just kind of like stares at her with this unfriendly smile as he backs away and then like turns to leave. Arya face. Yeah. Arya takes a deep breath because it's another person on her list she's going to have to kill. Yeah, it's kind of hilarious though because it actually was. Um, well, I like those that for so much of their investigation is right. It's mm-hmm. like dead on. Like, like so many of the things that they suspect Spencer of, she is actually guilty of. Yeah, um, they just don't know all the weirdness that's happening in between. Yeah, so Hannah's car. Hannah's on the phone, and she's like, M, it's me. I mean, H. And she's still there because Holbrook's here, and it's getting weird. And then Meta. she hangs up. <laughs> Holbrook's <laughs> here, and it's getting weird. It Hannah, is getting weird. Like everything else she does, Hannah leaves amazing voicemails, you guys. <laughs> well, it really is. Like, Holbrook's presence in this episode, there's something unnerving about it. He feels a little bit different. And, like, he feels threatening in a way that where it's not just like he's an authority figure. There's something specific about his vibe that feels a little off well it, yeah because he didn't used to come off that way he used to come off as the nice guy yeah know? he was the guy that hannah was willing to like accidentally kiss i remember back to season four though when he first appeared at the end of the the premiere and everyone was like oh shit you guys are you single here's a new <laughs> young guy yeah um so she gets off the phone caleb holds up the papers that fallen out of the visor that he's been looking through and he's like what is this and she's like that and he's like stop stalling nick and nora charles here and she's like well obviously a list of colleges and he's like right this is a list of schools that normally brainiacs go to and we see the list uh it's got brown nyu northwestern stanford oberlin and wesleyan on it and what i thought was really funny is that uh hannah who apparently made this list has also listed the school colors Mm -hmm. for each one because that would obviously be important to somebody like hannah of course he has to know what, what colors have good you know what schools have the good colors Makes sense. And Hannah's like, yeah, so? She's like, okay, you know that test they make you take, the SCT? And Caleb's like, you mean the SAT? And Hannah's like, I don't remember which one it was. But apparently I did kind of good on it. Caleb's like, well, how good is kind of good? And Hannah says, good enough that the guidance counselor called me in for cheating. But I didn't cheat. And Caleb smiles at this. He's impressed because Hannah's secretly a genius. And and maybe also A. Throughout the scene, he's also kind of insulting, too. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a school that only Brainiacs go to. And she's like, so? And he's just like, uh. <laughs> You're a dunce, Hannah. But secretly, yeah. she's not. Yeah. Hannah's so a secret to... genius and maybe A. 
maybe I cut to Emily's bedroom where Emily's like sitting in a chair by the desk and Allison's like sitting on the bed facing her. And Allison's like, there's no way they're going to let you be friends with me if that's what you want. And Emily says that she makes her own decisions. It's not a group vote. It's a great shot of her with like her phone in the background mm-hmm. of the desk. And she keeps like not looking at it, but like leaning into it, like hoping it'll go off and yeah, save you, her. You can feel that phone. Yeah. Um, so Allison said that she's had the chills all day and asked if Emily has any tea. And Emily's like, chamomile? She gets up and heads to the door. We're like, we're behind Emily. And she freezes. Like, she's just realized she fucked up. Mm-hmm. Turns around. And there's Allie just smiling at her, holding she goes the, phone. the phone. Yeah. Yeah. And Allie's like, your mom never shops at the last minute. And she points Remember, at the phone. Pam feels as a planner. Yeah. And Allie says, you got a text from Hannah. She wants to know if you're still keeping me busy. I'm A, right? And Emily's like, I don't know, are you? Allie says nothing, and Emily kind of walks back and snatches the phone away, and Allie's like, I actually believe you. And Emily says, it must hurt when the loyal one betrays you. See, I don't think Allison actually believed Emily, but I think she's just trying to make Emily feel more two-faced here. Could be. I think that's her That's her move. Um, so Allison's like, well, that was quite a performance, Em. Bravo. Well, Allie leaves, and she like shoulder oh, checks yeah. Emily as she goes. Yeah. Gives her was, a little bump. Was that the bad shoulder too? Uh, aren't they like both bad shoulders now? I, don't, I, I, I can't. I can never remember which one. Emily's the bad shoulder. shoulders are Batman's knees from The Dark mm-hmm. Knight Rises. Um, but then Allison leaves, and Emily's left feeling like shit. Yeah, Emily. But Emily just had like disgust in her face now. You know. Yeah. It's quite a performance, and bravo. Yeah, outside Emily's house though, Paige is parked on the side of, of Emily's house. She's coming over for like soup or whatever. She's yeah, it looks like to, a thing of soup. Yeah, she's about to come. Well, it's because Emily told her she wasn't feeling well, so Paige is trying to be a good girlfriend. Yeah, but she's. I feel like this house. is just a dangerous move with any of the liars. Like you just never want to show up unannounced. Only bad things can happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's coming around the porch there, and uh, happens to see that Cindy and Mindy are parked in a new <laughs> bug in front of Emily's house. It's like a kind of a sea green uh beetle volkswagen beetle yeah and Paige, rightfully so is like well that's a little weird so, so she just ducks back and hides yeah well because there's the sound of somebody coming out of emily's house so Paige ducks down she looks up and sees that it's allison who walks over and gets in that new bug um, i like that the the twins whoever was driving got out and sat in the back seat so that Allie could drive i was like as she was moving to the car because it's a two-door car so someone mm-hmm. will have to move one way or another i'm like wait Who's driving? Can Allison drive? Uh, apparently, um, Allison learned to drive at some point. Yeah, so they they flip on the lights and they drive off. Paige like runs over to her car and like follows them. Um, and now Allison- Paige is gonna die, right? I mean, it's, this this is what I was thinking. I was like, oh shit, Paige is gonna like she's going off on her own. She hasn't told anyone where she's going. Bad news for Paige. I I kind of pondered that when we were watching the episode the first time, and then I thought to myself, is like Paige gonna die off screen? <laughs> That'd be brutal. <laughs> um, so the Rally Records room, uh, we see Mona Spencer like pulling audio tapes out of the Bethany Young box. And Mona All these said, little like micro cassettes. Says, Mona says it looks like they recorded everyone at Bethany's sessions. Spencer's going through the paperwork there, like trying to make small talk. And she's like, so what are your choices? And Mona picks up like on how it. Mona like hesitates a little. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's not used to this. Like normal well, I think, conversation with these girls with no, with no NUI. I think that and also she knows she's about to kind of stomp on Spencer here because she says Yale, Harvard, and Dartmouth. And Spencer is like vomits inside her head. Yeah. And she's like, you got early acceptance from all three. And Mona says, brown two, but they're not offering me a full ride, so I'm passing. How about you? <laughs> Spencer's like, I haven't heard from anyone yet. <laughs> 
And Mona's like, oh, well, if there's anything I can do to help, and Spencer says, I think you've done enough. <laughs> Just a reminder that uh, Mona's at least partially responsible for Spencer not getting into Penn. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the fact that Mona might be smarter mm-hmm. than Spencer. Oh, you know that burns Spencer, because Mona, I think we could say, is smarter than Spencer. Well, Spencer might always... be book smart, but Mona is, like, everything smart. Well, it's always been fascinating, because, like, yeah, Mona probably is smarter. Um, and then Melissa has always been smarter, like, book smart, mm-hmm. anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spencer's, like, still reading through her files, and Mona pulls out a bag and starts, like, pulling the tapes. I kind of feel like Spencer actually isn't the smart one, even though that's the role she plays. Like, she's actually, like, I mean, she's the, the point man. Like, she's she's been in the wrong role the whole time. She's the leader, but she's not necessarily the smart one. Well, I think that's the thing, though, is is amongst the many other struggles these girls deal with is their imagined role, their identity. Mm-hmm. How do they fit into any you know setting or group or what have you? Well, Spencer's supposed to be the smart one because she's a Hastings. Yeah. And her sister was so smart, so she has to do everything, too, even though she's not as good at it. Yeah. Well, And, and from the get-go, though, she's always going to be number two. Mm-hmm. The sad thing is that she is number two, you know? Um, like she always is second place in that rivalry. Um, so Spencer's like reads his file. Mona pulls out a bag, starts pulling the tapes and the files into her. This bag. is like one of those thin duffel bags you would like bring to a bank robbery, where it's like it's really small and then suddenly it gets really big. Well, here's my question for you too: Did she bring that in with her? I guess. Where the hell was that bag know, hidden in her like, like coat or something? Like, like Mona just like like widens her stance a little <laughs> bit and this bag falls out. Yes, that's it. Oh, it's a very thin bag. You can tell it's like a flimsy little bag that she unpacks. Uh, and Spencer's like, wait, are we stealing this stuff? Because Mona's like packing some shit up. And Mona says, we're borrowing it. And she's putting in the cassettes. And Spencer's like, wait, see if there's a tape for August 8th. Well, Mona's smart, though. Like, don't linger. Yeah. Yeah, so Mona finds a tape, hands it to Spencer, who just happens to have a tape recorder there, ready to play it. Mm. So she hits play, and we hear Bethany Young's voice for the first time. It's that stock female voice actress. Bethany f- sounds a little valley girlish. She says, I thought she really liked me, but everything she ever said to me was a lie. Let me ask you a question. So it's the same actress who always does a voice in PLO episodes, but do you think that sounds valley girl to me? Because to me, her accent sounds a little southern. It sounded, I guess the inflection sounded a little like valley girlish to me. It seems to me that she's doing the exact same voice that she did when Arya called about the money for Shauna's funeral. Oh, girl- I didn't get that. Um, I guess well, it was Shauna's grandma has been a member of our congregation. No, it wasn't that. Um, uh, Mona says, who's she talking to? And Bethany says, every word, every visit. Uh, let's talk about Bethany for a second. Um, interesting that we have not seen Bethany's face yet. I think there's probably a couple of reasons for that. The number one being that like they haven't cast her yet. Right. Uh, but it, that allows them to continue to portray perpetuate the mystery that perhaps bethany looks like somebody who we've already seen on the show right right um which i don't think that's going to be the case but who knows i wouldn't think so just because of the fact that her age doesn't line up with the other liars bethany's like two years older than them she's older than all the rest so Mm -hmm. it would be very strange but yeah just by by never seeing bethany's face which really they should have seen her face by now they should have been on the news yeah i would have thought but you know we'll we'll let that slide because it it still brings an air of mystery to the show yeah because i mean i i assume that probably the reason we haven't seen it is because they just aren't ready to cast the actress yet right right and even you know like go back to the pilot i think 
the people they they did have in certain roles mm-hmm. you know like clearly like the one guy's toby and the other oh, people yeah. are like are like is emily's dad but it's like i think they knew full well if we go to the series we need we're these characters find we're some gonna, real actors we're gonna recast them yeah oh by um, the way uh, not to bring up the books too much we'll, we'll talk about that in another episode but the parents are all terrible in the books hmm. just awful um so peter yeah, hastings wanna... what a disappointment shocking Monaho is asking, like, you know, who is she talking about? And Spencer, like, kind of leans back as she reads on and realizes. She says, Mrs. De Laurentiis. She was having an affair with Bethany's father. Oh, shit. Yeah, you can see this in the file that Spencer's looking at. I hope my wife isn't having multiple affairs behind my back. Allison, I hope you're actually my daughter. Uh, this seems to surprise Mona a little bit. Maybe. You can never totally tell with her. Yeah. And Bethany is saying, I wonder if I can trust anyone in that family. It's like mother, like, or is it like mother, like daughter? And then Mona grabs her recorder and stops it, which is a little interesting. Like, why stop it there? Right. Instead of letting it play. And Mona's like, oh, my God. And Spencer says, did Allison know Bethany? And then we cut to Toby in his dress uniform. He's, like, walking down the steps. LOL. The, Remember Toby? Yeah, near the Ruben. We tried to forget. Sign. He's uh, walking the steps. Even Spencer voicemail. He's like, Spencer, it's me. I can't wait any longer, so I'm heading out. Call me. He's, he's, in, like, he's in, like, his dress uniform. He's got to go graduate from Police mm-hmm. Academy. Um. So at Radley, Spencer and Mona are coming out the door in the hallway, and they see Holbrook down down the other end of the hallway behind one of the security doors talking to some staff. And Mona says in her earpiece, like, we need to find another way out of here. Hannah, we hear in the earpiece, say, use the back staircase. We can trip the emergency exit. So Spencer and Mona are off. Um, Hannah's car, we uh, see Arya get in the back seat. Uh, and Hannah's like, what's Holbrook doing here? And Arya's like, asking questions about Spencer. Mm-hmm. So they keep tensely watching <laughs> And Spencer ask questions Mona. about Arya. Yeah. When did it all start? Uh, and so they look up, they see Mona and Spencer exiting the side door and Spencer pulls out her phone and she's like, Toby, hi. And we cut to Toby driving in his truck and he's like, Spencer, where are you? I've been worried about you. Uh, and Spencer says, wait, I can't hear you. Like the line's cutting out and he's like, Spence. And Spencer's like, hello. And he's like, Spencer. And he like picks up the phone as he's driving and like looks at it. It's like staring right at the phone, not at the road ahead. And Toby's like, Spencer. And Spencer says, I can't hear you. And then tires screech horns honk you know bright light shines in toby's face from the side he's about to get t-boned toby's gonna die yo the big crash spencer hears on the phone and she's like toby i hope there was like a psa with this episode Mm -hmm. about like don't text and drive kids yeah especially don't like look at your phone when you have it on speaker yeah that's what speaker's for so you know fatal finale there you go Toby. i mean did they still let him into the cops they're like your ass just got in a car accident texting while driving yeah, really. Like, guess what? It turns out we looked, went back and looked. You failed your final. You failed mm-hmm. all your finals. You just um, answered C to everything, <laughs> even the written questions. I thought that was the safest choice. Also, I'm rereading Fitzgerald. Um, so Toby's dead. That's the end. The fatal finale. Uh, after the commercial, <laughs> we see the title card. Thanksgiving. And they all lived happily ever after. <laughs> Spencer went and married Ren. Except for Toby, who was dead. <laughs> Toby will be on the show from now on, but he's like a ghost and nobody can see him. Flashbacks, yeah. Like nobody can see him. He's just like yelling at people and no one can see him walking through him. Um, so oh, Spencer, the... Spencer, don't you know me? Oh Sorry. yeah, for the uh, Christmas episode, you have to really practice your Toby meets Jimmy Stewart mm-hmm. impression. Zoosers pedals. Uh, so we're at the brew. It's Thanksgiving. We need a title card. Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Emily's working. The other liars are here. Uh, Hannah's like Hannah has an aria line here. She says, "I can't believe they make you work on Thanksgiving." And Emily says she gets off at noon. People still need their fix, uh, and one of those people is Spencer, who's totally making Emily pour her coffee. Yeah, she just like holds out her mug. 
And she's like, thanks. She takes a big drink and Arya puts a hand on her shoulder. Arya's outfit. Oh, my God. Red and black. It's her colors. No, that's like fuchsia. It's like fuchsia and black striped, like kind of midriffy shirt with like the most hideous, like, like Jackson Pollock, like skirt on. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it looks floral from a distance, but mm-hmm. it's it's actually homicidally abstract. Um, yeah, but Arya's like, Spencer, it's not your fault. Spencer just like rolls her eyes. Yeah, and uh, she scoffs at this, and Hannah's like, we're at the hospital all night, and Spencer says, yeah. And Emily's like, he's going to be fine. He said so yourself. And then Spencer looks back, and we see, oh, Toby's not dead, unfortunately. There he is in a wheelchair. He's got a big-ass cast on his leg. Broken leg. And he's just, like, texting away on his phone. You're so fucking useless, Toby. Toby could not look more fucking pitiful. Yeah. Spencer kind of whispers to the other liar. She says, he's going to be in that cast for about a month. And you just know she's, like, pondering what her sex life is going to be like for the next month now. I just remember, like, hearing that and thinking, it's Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. The Christmas episode is set at Christmas. (laughs) Is he out of the cast then? <laughs> so Arya looks over. Well, Spencer's and- just thinking, you know, Toby, I only have you around for like one reason. You're kind of out of action right now. Why are you here? Uh, well, he broke his leg, not his abs. That's true. Spencer, you know, I, I imagine Spencer. Some levers and pulleys involved. You can make it work. Spencer's probably fantastic on top. Um, So Spencer, you know, or uh, Arya asks, like, how much does he know? And Spencer's like, everything. So just then Paige walks up. She's got a like a shirt that has like a bunch of like Rocky Horror Picture Show lips. You on remember it? when they're doing the lips on everyone? Yeah, yeah, like the Rolling Stones slash Rocky mm-hmm. Horror lips. Oh, yeah. kisses a like, beginning of season four. Yeah, it's like Paige. Like she finally got the memo. <laughs> She's like, oh, we're not doing it anymore. Shit. So Paige takes the shirt to back to Emily's like right back to being dismissive, and she's just like, yeah, Paige, it's not a good time. And Paige starts in how she was bringing Emily some soup last night because she wasn't feeling well. And Emily, not feeling bad at all, is like, look, I lied because... Paige, I love this. She's like, explain it to me later. <laughs> I saw Allison leaving. Cindy and Mindy were her ride. They drove her out to this abandoned farm. There had to have been at least a dozen cars out there. Guys, Allie is building an army of her own. What the hell could Allie be doing in an abandoned farm with dozens of cars? That's fascinating. Yeah, or she's like staging a concert. Yeah. Uh, the liars look stunned, but it only gets better because right then, Holbrook comes marching in of two uniformed police officers. Briskly marking it, marching in, yeah. Spencer Hastings, you're under arrest for the murder of Bethany Young. Spencer's like, no. And Ari's like, what? And Spencer's like, I, I didn't do this. And they're like cuffing her, and there's all this crosstalk. Everybody's yelling. Well, everybody's to- basically yelling, she didn't do anything. Toby's yelling for Spencer. Holbrook's like reading the Miranda rights. He seems very satisfied with himself as he reads her the Miranda rights, and Hannah's like, she didn't do anything. Spencer's like, you guys. Toby's like, Spencer. And Spencer's like, Toby. And she's just like getting like led right out the door, like in, in with a quickness, you know? Well, like, the liars like, yell at her. They'll call her parents. They'll get her out. I love how quickly it happened. Well, yeah, it happens very quickly. So, yeah, Hannah says, I'll call your parents. And Emily says, we'll get you out. And as she says this, this is such a curious reaction. Paige looks over at Emily with like hatred in her eyes. Like, what is going on here with this reaction? I feel like Paige is just thinking, like, it never ends. Well, like, at first I was like, when I, I paused it and I noticed that. I was like, whoa, Paige is, like, totally glaring with hatred at Emily right now. What's going on? And I thought, well, maybe I just, like, paused it at a weird moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, her face was just, like, going through expressions. But I, then I went back again. Like, no, she totally holds a glare at Emily. And it's like, hmm, Paige is suddenly suspect hmm. hmm i don't know she, she's really glaring at emily there like I, I feel like a little too much maybe 
maybe the, I don't know. This is just the take they use. Okay, you know. but I like how Holbrook is in the rear end of Brewer for like less than a minute. Oh yeah, he's in and out. Um, so meanwhile, in Mona's bedroom, she's got like two laptops going on her bed. The tapes are all out. The evidence they stole from Riley's all on the bed. We hear the Bethany recording again. I thought she really liked me, but everything she said was a lie. Every word, every visit. Then we hear like Mona's mom calling her from downstairs. Mona says that she'll she'll be right down. She hits stop on the tape, pulls her you know headphones out. She gets up. Just then her phone goes off. She checks it. There's a text from Hannah that says, cops just arrested Spencer. And Mona's just like, huh. Well, and this is the moment in the episode when you're like, okay, I thought maybe they'd kill off Spencer and be like insanely bold. That didn't happen. Uh, maybe they'd kill off Toby. No, that was a red herring. Uh, Paige didn't get killed. Oh, shit. Uh, so we go outside Mona's house. She's helping her mom load up the SUV with like a casserole dish. And her mom says, oh, and did I tell you that Leslie's going to be there? And Mona's like, no way. I talked to her last night. She said she was stuck at school. And her mom's like, ah, pretend I didn't just ruin the surprise. And they laugh and they hug. And her mom's like, promise me you'll get on the road within the hour. I don't want you to get stu- stuck in traffic. Her mom is wearing an off red trench coat. Yeah, not quite red coat. Yeah, it's a little pinkish. Uh, and Mona's like, okay, I will. I just have to finish this report, and then I'm on my way. And they both kind of, like, hold hands and make kiss noises at each other. Air kisses. Yeah, they're, like, you know, such a, a nice mother-daughter relationship here. And Mona watches her mom drive off, and she weighs, and then she turns back and walks to the front door. But halfway there, she hears some rustling in the bushes. She kind of looks around, doesn't see anything, looks a little concerned, and, you know, goes goes inside and shuts the door. Uh, and right after she's, or actually not, she's not even inside yet, but as she's walking to the door, suddenly in the foreground, it, it, a appears, you know, somebody in a black hoodie, mm-hmm. we can see like blonde hair kind of leaking out the sides. Like the stance that like the, uh, the man in black gunslinger has yeah. across the town square before you like draw on each other. Yeah. Mona, it's very interesting. Like, and you see like little tufts of blonde hair spilling out the side of the hood. Uh, inside Mona's house, she comes in, she shuts the door. It's like she sensed something. So she moves the curtain aside, peeks out the windows on the door, looks out. She can see I no love one... that shot of her looking out. Um, but it's one of those glass windows on the door that's like kind of, uh, distorted and like rippled. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she kind of pulls the, uh, the blinds or the, the drapes apart to look out. Doesn't see anything where we know A was just a few seconds ago. Right. Um, so she makes sure the door is locked. Then she heads upstairs to her room. We're at Ari's house where Ari's like holding the door open. Ezra comes in with two pies. And I've made this the joke pies before. Metaphor. Yeah, I made this joke before. But how great would it be if Ezra just shoved one of those pies in her face right now? <laughs> that would be so awesome. And then he like eats the pie off of her scowl. Um, mm. Ezra like says, you know, I know we, we don't need these, but I figured someone might be hungry. And Ari's like, my mom is still on the phone of Veronica. They haven't even seen her yet. So they're still getting processed. And Ezra's like, looks like he could give a shit. He's just like, I'm sure the Hastings are working on her bail. They'll get her out of there in no time, Aria. And her, Aria's phone rings. She's surprised that it's Mona, but she answers it. And Mona, like, she's like, hello. And Mona leads off into with Allison lured, lured Bethany to Rosewood. And Aria's like, what? Why? And Mona's like, because she knew about the affair. She set her up because she was jealous and wanted her dead. Well, I like the camera work here and these shots, like the camera's kind of like moving in on, on each of them as they talk. You know, it's very tense. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut to like a gloved hand inserting some lockpicks into a deadbolt. Uh, we see A is unlocking Mona's front door. And as like A... Door handle. What's that? I like her door handle. Oh, yeah. It looks like Poseidon maybe or something. Yeah. I was, uh, I was like, is that Zeus? Yeah. Some that, sort of Greek god. Is that Apollo? I don't think that's Apollo. Apollo's always younger, right? 
he's the son one, right? Yeah. Paul okay. is an asshole. Um, yeah. I mean, if you read the mist, Paul is a fucking dick. Uh, anyway, so we see the, the door handle turn and then we see, you know, black boots walk in and, and like black slacks. And I, I went back and looked. These are not the same shoes that Holbrook was wearing, but it does definitely bring Holbrook to mind if you're watching this episode closely. Kind of looks have, like it could be a guy. I have seen so many fucking posts <laughs> of like analyzing the hair to blonde characters in the show. The hair is probably a wig. Talking about how this is like CC or not CC, mm-hmm. talking about the shoes. I've seen screen caps of like the half a second you see of the ass. Mm-hmm. Like people questioning, like like passionately debating, like is there a sense of male butt here? <laughs> um, so we got the Mona's room. Any sense of boobs? Yeah, yeah. Mona's well, no, we see a a walks in. You know, we see the full A, the hoodie we're we're seeing from behind. Then A pulls the hoodie off and the blonde hair. So maybe this is a wig, maybe not, but. A's in the house. A has blonde hair and had the gloves on. Is walking upstairs. And Mona's room. Mona's on the phone, and she's just like Aria. Allison is A, and now I can prove it. You know, back to Aria's house. This close up in Aria's face as she hangs up, stone cold, and she's just like, "Grab your coat." And it's just like, "Where are we going?" And Aria yells, "To Mona's. She found proof. Allie is A." And Ezra's like, "But my pies." <laughs> and they yeah, rush he- out the door. Yeah. Uh, back to Mona. Mona is staring at herself in this like crazy weird circular mirror with like sun rays around that's why i thought sun rays around it that's why i thought is this supposed to be apollo downstairs Hmm. um she's like staring at herself in the mirror and monologuing oh yeah this is like crazy mona and she says uh game over allison i win and then she hears a floorboard creak behind her and she's like she kind of like looks off she's like mom and then we cut do we see a's opening the door and entering the room and mona turns and she like she sees who this is and she gasps in fright yeah, uh, well, we like we see. see, we start to pan up and like we see a little bit of this person's neck, but nothing above. Not enough to see whether or not there's an Adam's apple. Yeah, but, I mean, although I, I think you'd probably say whoever this is, this is probably like a stagehand or something. I, I, I doubt they're using the the actual, you know, revealed person for who this is right now. Right, right. Well, and my guess is that if we ever see like a flashback or you know. A, extrapolated mm-hmm. version of this moment it's probably like the allison mask is on yeah or like a mask of mona's face no or, i like it uh, uh so later, yeah mona turns and gasps oh my god yeah um, so, so the, later we're at mona's house like hannah uh, comes running in the front door followed by emily Ari, and ezra there's blood splattered everywhere hannah sees this freaks out yells out for mona well, and yeah, i like huh i was gonna say there's blood on this like kind of like beam like in the the entryway to the living room, yeah. there's blood smeared. There's furniture's knocked over, lamps are knocked over. There's glass on the ground broken. Like the, it's like there was like a huge struggle. The mirror's broken. And Harry's like, "What the hell?" Emily sees it and yells, "Oh my god!" Like a serious sign of struggle. Overturned furniture. Hannah freaks out, like runs up the stairs. Emily screams out for someone to call nine one one. Ezra goes oh off in god, one direction. Hurry. To look around, I desperately wanted Arya to like kneel down, like dab a finger in the blood and then lick it. Taste it, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's blood on the banister to the stairway. Everybody, you know, Hannah and Emily run upstairs screaming for Mona. Ezra goes to the kitchen. Arya just like looks around at the destruction. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to an exterior shot of the house. And you just hear Hannah scream. It's like a, a true Scream Queen horror movie scream there, you know. Chilling, blood curling scream. Mm-hmm. It reminded me very much, um, uh, of a shortened version of uh, Frenzy, like one of Hitchcock's later movies. 
It's one of my favorite Hitchcock movies, although it's like a very flawed but very interesting movie. Uh, we then dissolve from that same shot to the same location, but just a little bit later, where it's now a crime scene, like we saw at the beginning of the episode. What's funny is that they they've lined it up perfectly for like the time lapse dissolve. Mm-hmm. You know, and yet in, when they go into the dissolve, the camera starts moving forward. That's a pretty tricky shot to do um, because the camera's like pushing in a little. So it's it's later. All the cops are here. There's onlookers. There's police tape. We see Holbrook is talking to like Barry in the in the yard. Um, yeah. We cut to Mona's mom is kind of standing, you know, at the curb, you know, in front of her house, like crying. Mm-hmm. The other liars are all with their significant others, except for Spencer, of course, who's in jail. Right. You know, it's Ezra comforting Arya, Caleb comforting Hannah, Paige there with Emily. Although Paige doesn't look too broken up. Um, so we kind of pan over all this. And we, we go across some cop cars and we see Allie's there too, kind of watching from afar. And she has this very satisfied look on her face. It's not quite a smile, but she's definitely not broken up about this. Yeah, she's like kind of in between some like vehicles mm. known as here. Uh the cover of We Gotta Get Out of This Place is excellent. Oh, by Denmark and Winter? Yeah, it's a great cover of the animal song. Um, it's chilling. It's wonderful. So <laughs> you're thinking about the chorus, which is a, you know about Vietnam. But mm. Mona talking about how she has to survive senior year. And the chorus is like, we got to get out of this place. It's the last thing we ever do. <laughs> Girl, there's a better life for me and you. Um and yeah. so uh, Holbrook kind of walks up to the curb to talk to the press, and he says, the "There investig- are five reporters with with microphones there. Who is yeah. all this media?" In real life, Rosewood would be like staked out by the media, like constantly, all the weird shit that. Yeah, happens you, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. Holbrook is going to give a statement. He says the investigation is ongoing, but we have ruled this a homicide. Although we did not find a body, the amount of blood in the house would indicate that the victim's wounds were fatal. See, Mona uh, Vanderwall was murdered. And we see like Caleb comforting Hannah, looks like she's all in tears. Ezra's like holding Arya close. As soon as he says that, like Mona's mom just screams out, "No, no, no!" And she's wailing. Officer Barry sad. is there to comfort her, sort of. Yeah, he's, Officer Barry's trying to do what he can with Mona's mom, uh, and all the liars SOs are comforting them. Lucas shows up; he's stunned too. He's like Allie, the page. Yeah, Allie turns to leave, and that cover is plain and. You know, I know what you're thinking right now. You're like, we didn't see a body. So I, I don't believe it. it Mona's a, you know, Mona's a journalized hyper-reality ghost ninja. We didn't see the fucking body. So then we, we cut to, to, sorry, go ahead. We cut to Emily's house at night, which is ridiculously decorated for Christmas. Like, like It's her, all lit up, yeah. Her power bill is amazing here. Um, someone in black gloves strolls up to her nativity scene. Yeah, interesting kind of handheld push in on the nativity scene. And then, you know, A shows up and just picks up baby Jesus out of the center of it. And then it's in its place puts a Mona doll. The nerdy Mona doll. The nerdy Mona doll. The Vander Jesus. The Vander Jesus, indeed. Um, well, it's like you're sitting here wondering, like, wait, hold on. Are we supposed to think that she's with the angels now or that she's mm-hmm. going to return in three days? I vote for the latter. Uh, but it's like, hey, we haven't seen a body yet. So A walks back to the car carrying this baby Jesus figurine and opens the trunk. And oh, there's Mona's lifeless body covered in a blanket in the trunk of the car. She got this like looks like a gash and a smear of blood on her cheek. Her skin is so, so pale, pale and white, like a doll. Mm-hmm. Uh, a sets the stolen baby Jesus like doll on top of her, and then we do like this it's like the Vander Jesus teared, dissolved pushing on her unblinking dead eye. Uh, it's really hard to rewatch. This episode guys. made me really sad when it it's, aired. It's I was bummed out for like several days after. It's 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 bumming me out just to have to rewatch this. Sadly, 
I I can only cope with it by insisting that this is all some sort of ruse and that she's still alive. Mm. And and the the way I rationalize it is that uh, she she had that bandage on her arm a few episodes ago when she was fainting. So she cloned herself. Well, no, you you say that uh, she was getting her blood drawn a lot, which is why she fainted, and mm-hmm. she's using that blood to fake a crime scene. How I explain her body being in the trunk of this car, I don't have anything for that yet. But uh, maybe she's holding her breath. Yeah, R.I.P. Mona. But yet, that's not the A tag. Not yet. So we cut to the A tag, which is in the A layer, which is all Christmassy. Um, there's like some decorations spread out on the table. Canes, yeah. Yeah, a, a bowl of popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> in the uh, A is like cutting out a picture of the four liars, like a Christmassy photo. Um, then A like sticks that picture inside a snow globe, shakes it up, sets it down, and we watch the snow falling over our beloved PLLs. Mm-hmm. All four of the liars with the snow around them. And that was taking this one to the grave. A took Mona to the grave. Very unhappy. Yeah. Pour one out for Mona. R.E.P. Mona. Mm. I still want to see a body. Like I want like medical examiners to like ensure that it's Mona. I'm I'm I still I'm holding out hope. Like like Emily when Allie was found, you know, I'm I'm holding out hope that she's still alive. Could be wrong. Uh yeah, we've joked since we are, we've never been so close to being caught up. Mm-hmm. We've joked that, uh, I guess we found out the season five finale is called Welcome to the Dollhouse. Is that, uh, A has got like Mona's body, like <laughs> propped up with wires and strings and like puppetry. Oh, that'd be so creepy. Yeah. Ugh. Until I see a body, I'm just going to assume that this is all a big setup and that Mona is actually on a beach somewhere. Who would like Mona be like if you had to do the, like the end of the season cut to like Mona's actually alive and she's like on a beach somewhere? Mm-hmm. Who would be next to her? Like wh- what other person do you put there? Like Noel Khan? No, I think she's by herself. By herself? That's kind of sad. She, she's by herself, and then like she's just like looking over at like a group of people at this resort or whatever, and it's like, are they her next victims or is she just going to get involved in their lives and like you know mm-hmm. get them out of a jam? Mm-hmm. Basically, I think she's going to go off and live a life that's like the opening of the second Elizabeth Salander book. Exactly. That's what I hope for Mona. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was taking this one to the grave. Uh, good episode. Sad episode. It bummed me out when I watched it because we kind of knew like there, there were two possible people we figured they could kill. Melissa or Mona. And for a while, it seemed like it was going to be Melissa and Troyan even posted a, like an Instagram photo of. Tori DeVito like saying like what a pleasure it was to work with her and you were like oh wait like they're gonna kill Melissa but I think we all secretly feel uh, feared they were gonna kill Mona and sure enough they did yeah and and from a writing standpoint it somewhat makes sense because Mona's a tough character to write because she's kind of too powerful and knows too much mm-hmm. so by getting rid of her they can kind of shake things up but well and I, I had been poor, saying poor Mikey Montgomery yeah I had been saying though for a while that like I didn't think you could have Allison and Mona in the same town. Like the mm-hmm. town just couldn't handle it. Yeah. Somebody had to go. I really want it to be revealed that Allie and Mona were working together the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then they kiss. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was the episode. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do it on Twitter. We are at broswatchpll 2 you can also go to our website page and leave a, a longer comment there. We've been getting more comments lately, so that's pretty cool. Always like hearing people's theories and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, broswatchpl2.com. We'll get you there. 
Um, I am working right now to try to get iTunes to display more than the last 100 episodes. Maybe that will get fixed. Maybe it won't. It's a Squarespace issue. Mm. Um, but if you did happen to want to listen to like the pilot episode or like some of the older episodes, like, you know, at one through 10, which will probably going to roll off iTunes soon. They're still on our website page. You can go there and find them there. Um, also, if you uh, like the podcast and you want to leave us a rating or review in iTunes, we also appreciate that. Uh, we forgot to mention we got one from Sarah from Oakland uh, mm. a few days ago. She liked the podcast. Um, I like her idea of a spinoff. Uh, Peter Hastings is like the Charlie's Angels to uh, Toby and Caleb. He's like their Charlie. <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be very interesting. That would be a great just whenever they next reboot, uh, reboot. Sorry, I sound mm-hmm. Canadian there. Whenever they next reboot uh, Charlie's Angels, like uh, Nolan North could do that. Dude, easily. Toby and Caleb do like the poses with the guns. And they like, like kneel. So, and- so you're saying switch it up. And do like the male Charlie thing. Oh, no, this is what Sarah from Oakland is saying. Oh, right, right. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Sorry, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, they, they, you know, I don't know. Could Ezra be a member or would that just be too weird? Well, I know we were, they were joking on the website today uh, that uh, they need to have their own like secret handshake. That Ezra doesn't have, yeah. Toby Caleb's secret handshake would be epic. I feel like it should be like, it should take like a minute to do, you know, it should go on forever. <laughs> Uh, and then they kiss. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was the episode. Uh, any last thoughts? Just really sad, you guys. R.I.P. Mona. We're almost there. Just the Christmas episode to go. It's like when you watch this episode for like the fifth or sixth time, whatever this is that I've watched it. It's like I keep thinking maybe this time mm-hmm. she doesn't die. Well, and you just you can see the mechanics at work. They're like, hey, we're gonna show you what a nice you know human being and, and family life Mona had and. Look how, you know, happy she could be. And, well, and it turns so many people around. Because I remember there were, before this episode, people who hated Mona still. I don't understand those people. Those and, people can go to hell. And all that hatred just eroded. Mm-hmm. Well, like and, they found love in their cold, dead hearts. Well, it's it's a tragedy. You see, Mona, was she was kind of so close to escaping the cycle. But then Allie came back and it, she just, like, reverted. Mm-hmm. It was like she, she could no longer even exist in a world, world where Allie was back to her queen bee self. Yeah. She couldn't survive with World War A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll be back next time to do How the A Stole Christmas, Christmas episode. We'll be all caught up, amazingly. What will we do with our all our free time? I don't know. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll be back then. Uh, until, have a good one. Deck the halls. Bye. Thank you.